0: Oh, oops. party foul! Yeah. I just almost—actually, uh, luckily, this lid oh. did its job. It was just like a few drops. I uh, spilled some water on the keyboard, people. So. I'm uh, clutching it up today, but... Yeah, got to save the technology. (laughs) But our guest is not. He's calm, cool, and collected. So go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. Oh, well, my name is Aaron Smith. I'm a trumpet
1: player, freelance musician, and uh, composer here in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, Doing a lot of different things. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And uh, more recently, these days, I find myself... uh, Playing uh, musical theater in yeah. the Pantages and Dolby theaters. And yeah, that's been quite wonderful. And composing a lot more yeah. these days too, especially with the pandemic and all that. So.
0: Yeah, and yeah. stuff
1: like this. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, man. Uh, I I love that you say like, you know, it, it's it's weird because it's hard to identify as like one thing in music because there's just so many ways that like you make that income work. There's so many like different things in music, but I have noticed to non-musicians, I'll just be like, I, I play the tuba. Let's just keep it simple. You don't need to know like the seven things I do to like make it all work and shit. But right, it's um, yeah, no, but but you're because you're you're one of the rare, I, at least I feel maybe it's less rare in L.A. for people to be multi-talented. It definitely is, but like like I think doing the composing and playing at a very high level. That's, I mean, that's rare wherever you go. Um, so, I mean, hats off to you because it seems like you're doing both like quite successfully. And oh, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what? Let's let's. I guess let's start like from the, um, from the very top. And I'll share, you know, some stuff because I know I know I'm a stranger to you too. But like, yeah, I'm, you I'm, know, we're trying to <laughs> figure this out, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, yeah, we're doing. Yeah. But like, how'd you? Uh, how as a fellow brass player, it's 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 cool. Like, how how did you get into to music? Uh, how did I get into music? Yeah. Like, from the tippy-top? Yeah, no, because I, I don't want to, like, corner you and be like, well, how did you choose the trumpet? Like, no, like, just but music. From like, how the was, days yeah. you were
1: born? Well, both my parents, uh, before I was born, were musicians, and continued, my father continued playing, and my mom sang here and there, and would come sing at high yeah. school and different functions, and around the house and in the tub, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> singing. Yeah, right? Uh, uh. And so that's, that's kind of how I got started uh, listening to that. Um, I started playing the trumpet around third grade, I suppose. And that's just, again, my parents and uh, you know, my, my father would have a bunch who was in the military band, played bass. And uh, that was his primary, upright bass. And mm-hmm. also played a bunch of brass instruments, tuba, trombone. I guess they were working him, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, during marching season or whatever. Also played a little bit of trumpet, and uh, you know, knew his way around, and yeah. you know, was his thing was, you know, listen to standards, play standards, and learn by ear and stuff yeah. like that. That was one of the first tunes I learned. Was like Autumn Leaves, you know. Wow, Jesus, a real that's book, a hell of a first tune, know? man. Well, it's just like sequential patterns, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, after after like learning how to buzz the mouthpiece and stuff like that, you yeah. know. But when he was like, "Okay, let's," uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, let's test your skills or whatever. Let's yeah. do something, you know, because that's an instill mean that practice thing.
2: Yeah,
1: um, yeah. So that, that you know, there was always music in the house, and it was just a matter of um, what I focused on and what was around, you know, popped up at the time, and yeah. particular people in my life bringing different influences. You know, yeah, uh I mean it was tough too, because I, I grew up in low country, southern Georgia, okay, Right. yeah, and uh, uh you know where savannah is Savannah, have you heard of that? I just
0: know it's not Atlanta, right,
1: so Atlanta <laughs> is <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happens every time now, and so Savannah's the big one, so uh that's Atlanta's four and a half or about four hours northwest of, of Savannah. Savannah's on the coast. So I'm actually 45 minutes south of Savannah, which yeah. that's the landmark, right, wow. in, in the country. And, uh, you know, my father was military, so I was a little military base that kept it from being totally yeah. <laughs> unreasonable, <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> uh, just because of the diversity of what the military is, you know. Yeah. And... um yeah, so that was the hang, you know, and then I just kind of found an interest and kept going from there and um, found a passion through a, a, few, a few certain people. One was my band director, my high school band director, who uh, full circle, you know, yeah. he, he was a, actually a trumpeter uh, that lived in LA and studied with John Kleiman, who happened to be. Uh, principal of L.A. Phil for about five years, trumpet player, right? Um, And quit that and was the principal of Fox Studios, I believe, till he had a heart attack on the golf course, right? And um, so I was learning that routine from this dude who taught in the middle of nowhere in Georgia, southern Georgia, right, Uh, from my high school. And so uh, having, you know, just these kinds of little force pushes or, you know, (laughs) this, this little, uh, these types of influences in your life that pop up and taking advantage of that and just, uh, I don't know, really enjoying it. So just doing what you like and love or what, you know, and, um, and doing some pretty crazy, uh, I mean, those routines were Pretty advanced for a little little boy, you know. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Wow, man. But uh, you know, it was it's kind of full circle in that way. Um, and then I went to a bunch of other places, and yada yeah. yada yada. Yeah.
0: Know? No, dude. One one of the first couple of things you uh, you said um, uh, the church thing I, I resonate with because like I, I mean I, when I went as a kid like I didn't really like going to church. Um, just because it just, I don't know, it just felt like really strict. But anytime like, and, and I also didn't really like school. I didn't really like a lot of shit growing up. But like the one thing uh, like that, um, which in a way is a blessing. Because I think if you're one of those stubborn ass kids and then you realize like, okay, I do like this thing, which is for me music, like I think what you want to do with your time which then like me, like translate into like what you want to do with your life. It, it's more obvious when you're not like, not the person who like loves doing like twenty things because like I don't know. But there but there is a lot to learn from getting experiences from liking and doing other things and other shit like that. But like it's it was uh at least for me like music was like that's probably why I'm a musician just because it's just like the one thing as a kid I was like I definitely like this definitely like it like and, and yeah. even in church like um. Uh, when we would like start singing like the hymns and stuff like I was like why why do I like this so much right now like I couldn't I mean I was like what like six or seven or whatever as, as early as I can remember obviously you can't articulate it that well but I just like knew something was happening and like I was singing in tune and shit and I was like yo like I'm this is like the thing that I stand out in like I'm like Cause like in math or whatever, it's like, maybe I'm like at the bottom or this or that, but it's like, yo, like I sound better than the person next to me right now. <laughs> like I'm actually doing well. So yeah. like was, was music for Were you just one of those kids that were like, you were kind of just like doing everything pretty well, or was like music, like the thing that like clearly stuck out that, or, or stood out in terms of like, this is like my thing. Uh...
1: You know, I, I th- as as a kid, especially, you want to try everything, try anything that you uh, you know interests you at the time, especially. And some things work out, some things don't. Um, I definitely promote exploration, right, um, yeah. to figure yourself out mm-hmm. in the long run. That's what we're all trying to do, I think. Even, especially as a musician. Um, no, I, th- I think I just came to the realization that music had, has it embodies just uh, so many other things than sounds or notes on a page or maybe Mm -hmm. even the mathematics of the page or the how it looks the graphics of it I mean I have this pile of music I wanted to share with him yeah and uh, you know paper styles or whatever depending on how far you get into your own creativity with music right Mm -hmm. so there's different layers to it Um, and um, it stimulates all parts of the brain, you know, there's so much science and yeah. so many studies to back all that up. So, um, I think the people most disappointed were probably every coach. <laughs> I'm a fairly large fellow. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, every year they would try to get me to play football and basketball. Yeah.
0: And, uh, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Out. But you know the thing with you that like you're you're like an actual like you have like a large stature and that like you're not like 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 you're like tall you're super tall so for people listening i mean you're dude you're like the fucking eiffel tower (laughs) of human beings and like (laughs) like so you're not even just like oh like let's just get that kid like i was that kid in middle school but like i wasn't even i was like not large i just had like high body fat so they were just like hey just put that kid on the line (laughs) yeah i'm like not bigger than that kid i just have a (laughs) lot of body fat i'm still five (laughs) two You know. It won't hurt as much when you get hit though. Yeah, true, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. what fuck else are we going to put on time? <laughs>
1: <Yeah. laughs> but uh, they were just looking for big, yeah. you know, yeah. big kids, blockers, linemen yeah. for
0: sure. But you, because you, but like you're, it's 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 cool though because like you, like I, in a way, I don't blame them because like, centers for basketball, yeah, yeah. you do have an athletic build, like sure, yeah, I mean. You know it wasn't like I didn't love playing sports yeah. too you
1: yeah. know I just didn't want to do it officially yeah with a schedule for other people and
0: would it would it have been sports if not music or was that just like totally out of the the way
1: no I mean go red team right it's mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> <laughs> no I'm good I'm good with all that mm-hmm. um you know especially when it comes to physical contact and you know, I've had a few injuries, too. You know, when you yeah. get, when you get your lip busted and you like playing a brass show, yeah. that's a pretty big realization. Yeah. You know, or you can't walk to work because you got your knee
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: messed up. It's like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to watch y'all, man. Yeah. This, is, this is great. You Which know? I
0: love what you just said because I, I feel like that's something that isn't stated enough. Uh, for like musicians and like the in like the small ways that we are athletes, definitely like it prevents us from doing certain things. Like, there's an MMA class that I've always wanted to. That I've, I've not always. That's such a lie. Literally, for like the past six months <laughs> <laughs> that I've wanted to sign up for. Uh, you got that subscription package, yeah. right? You've been yeah. watching these, uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> these I just, knockouts. I was like, man, like, I just want to know, like, um, uh, like so I, I wanted to get into like the Brazilian jiu-jitsu stuff for like takedowns and self-defense stuff. But then also, the, I think the MMA. Stuff is more on, like, the attack side. So I was like, man, it would be cool to learn both. But then, like, both are, like, I just, it would always be the question of, like, hmm, what happens if I break my jaw? Like, <laughs> I'm a tubo player, you know what I mean? So right. it's like, damn, like, I really want to do this. I'm pretty sure I would be fine. But if I'm not, there would be a major problem if I couldn't play for, like, six months and not even be sure if I'd come back even remotely the same player after an injury like that. Like it, like a kick to the jaw? Sure. Who knows how you're coming back after that, you know? Sure. So anyway, I, I I'd say that to you just because, like, I totally, like, relate to the, you know, like you kind of have to drop it because of the injury aspect. If you're really serious about, especially something like a brass instrument,
1: yeah. There are other things to do. You can you could hit a punching bag if you want to. You know you can still, you can ride your bike. I've been to riding my bike. You yeah. know 20, 30 miles. Yeah. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, that's pretty.
0: Yeah, safe. No, it's one of those things on a like, bike path, especially. Yeah, it's like if you fuck up doing those, it's just on you. You know, I'm not trying to ride on the roads here. You yeah. know, you hear me,
1: Hollywood people in yeah. Silver Lake and. <laughs> You know, get off the street, man. We got yeah. the river path right over there too. Yeah.
0: Dude, people it's it's intense out here too. Like I'm I'm so I'm from Baltimore and like you got your commuters and your bikers, but then like there's a spirit of like biking for the sake of biking out here that like people put on like the full Lance Armstrong sure. like outfits just to do their like regular bike. Ride. Absolutely. <laughs> Griffith like, Park. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I live by
1: in these areas. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I ride too, so I see these folks. Some of the people are just greedy. Yeah. I mean, you got to share share the whole thing. You're not. Yeah, you don't have four wheels. You can't be in the whole lane. Yeah. You can't be in the center of yeah, <laughs> the, the left or the right lane. Yeah, right? you have to be in the bike path stuff yeah. like that. I don't know. Dude, just no,
0: <laughs> dude. The first time, the first time I I came to LA, um, 2018 May, um. I think I was here uh, like two or three weeks after they had introduced the bird scooters to LA like oh, for right. the first time. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. remembered the chaos. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny as shit because I remember we were. I came with like two other guys from uh, Baltimore. We had just like graduated um, the week before we came here and- Wait, so uh, what year was this? 2018. Okay, 2018. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, cool. and um, uh, yeah. So we, we all went to, to Peabody out in Baltimore, and uh, we were like, yo, let's come to L.A. for like you know graduation thing or whatever. And we were just like laughing just because like shit like the bird scooters. We were like, man, this is not gonna fly in Baltimore, and uh, uh like, I <laughs> think when we got back, they were fucking there. Like I sure. think I think I don't even know like how like like but but then we got back and. Um, between that and the bikers and like just everything now that's but especially out here, you're watching out for like, what are those the things where it's like, it's not really a skateboard, it's electric, and you're it it, it you ride it like it's a skateboard, but it's just like a massive wheel in the middle. Oh yeah, I don't yeah right. Yeah, but there's like a like a dozen things you got to watch out for. They can go fast too. out here. Yeah, no, dude, they they go. Um, I, I saw someone flip off of one of those. <laughs> And, like, I I helped him up, and I was like, bro, like, what happened? He was just like, yeah, it was just, like, a little thing in the road. And I was just like, this has to happen often. Same safe. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, dude, but, like, we rock on. Cars. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's our fault. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, man. And, I mean, like, dude, Baltimore has, like, more road. Like, Baltimore has more pothole than actual road, like, on some streets. Sure. And, like, shit like that, man. I... Like, I, and I just tell, especially my musicians, just like, dude, what the fuck are you guys doing riding birds? Like, you're an organist, man. You need <laughs> your wrist. Like, you need your full body. You're, like, stepping on shit. Like, my, sorry, Rod. I know you're probably going to listen to uh, My friend Rod, uh, he's an uh. organist. He was out for like four months because he flipped off of a bird scooter. Oh man! Yeah, bummer. Yeah, and of course I didn't like tell this to him like when I like first saw him. I was like, dude, you should, you know, you don't want to be that guy who tells someone like, man, you should have been careful. But like, there's a certain adrenaline rush and all this. Yeah. You know. Now, well, now that he's like healthy but. and he's back and he's still a great organist, now I laugh at him. <laughs> but man, Welcome anyway, back. dude, back to back to back to you, man. I it's a. Uh, um, uh, anyway, I, anytime I'm in the presence, especially of like a great brass player, I'm always like, man, it's just, it's an honor to just even be like talking and, and meeting to you guys, man. But, cause I've been, I've been meeting and I, as you can imagine doing something like this, I've just been talking to like some excellent musicians and, and LA is full of them, man. Um, sure. How long have you been out here? 2006. Wow. Wow. What, what, um, I'm interested, obviously there's there's musical transitions coming into LA, like aspects of a musician that's really different, but like, uh, did, do you feel like coming from where you're coming from and then like getting here, like, was there like a culture thing you kind of had to like get used to, or did you just like do your own thing? What was that like?
1: No, uh, yeah. SoCal, Southern California, Mm -hmm. for any East Coast (laughs) listeners, uh, you know, it's definitely in a bubble. It's its own yeah. environment. Yeah. Uh, even the banking system operates on its own system yeah. versus the rest of the country. That's yeah. a true fact. Yeah. That was one thing I learned when I moved here, <laughs> when I was trying to, you know, same bank. Yeah. It was like, no, we're not in the same system. It's like, what? <laughs> that's literally everybody else? Yeah. And that's like, you know, so it makes it very unique. And, and um there's a lot of talent here, you know. There's a lot of lore. There's a lot of legend. It's a lot of that's what kind of, you know, got me to come out here. That and the weather, yeah. You know, for sure, on a real note, because uh, I was up in upstate New York uh, prior to here. Wow, Eastman, yeah, un- undergrad, nice uh, with uh, Jim Thompson. Mm. On trumpet, uh, former principal of it. Atlanta Symphony in Montreal, uh, best Petrushka ever uh, with Montreal Symphony in the '80s with Charles Antoine. Uh and "Song of the Nightingale," absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. All right, Jim. Uh, <laughs> but I was up there, you know, undergrad, and you know, it was like negative 17, man. Jeez, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's dude, that lake effect. New
0: York has the worst ends of all weather. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible, humid fucking summers. Shit ton of snow. Like geez. Forever. <laughs> snow forever.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, and that's uh Rochester was the second cloudiest city in America, I think, uh next to Seattle. Oh you know. damn. Wow. Dude. Uh yeah. so but it's not rain, it's it's snow and yeah. city, inner city, yeah. Snow. <laughs> not even like Yeah. You know, before that, when I uh, my senior year of high school, I was in Michigan uh, for uh, Interlocking Arts Academy. Okay, right for wow. my senior year. Yeah, uh, I, I left Georgia to go do that, and uh, and hit snow for the first time. Right, I'm just talking about snow now and the difference of the types <laughs> of snow. Yeah. And this is like beautiful forest Disney esque. <laughs> you yeah. know, you don't even mind it's cold yeah. or snowy, and and just you know icicles coming off the evergreens and yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's great. Come on, you know, take your girlfriend out. And um, but Rochester snow, man. man. You know, that's that. (laughs) That's that hard life snow. That's that oil slush snow. That's that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, dude. I I I haven't been around New York, uh, state Uh. because like I mean, if you don't have family in New York State or you're not there for school or work, what the fuck are you doing in New York State? Like, I've only ever been in the city. Um, for right. those reasons. <laughs> but I have been up to Michigan um, specifically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, of course, Detroit, <laughs> but Traverse, Michigan, or Traverse City, uh, mm-hmm. Michigan. Um, it's like the land of, like, it's like the most carefree white people I've ever met in my <laughs> life. Like, they're, 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 like, yeah. in, a, in a weird way, this, like, extreme balance of kind of uptight, but also really carefree. Like, they're uptight about their carefreeness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, like, they, they, it's weird because it's one of those things where like, especially as a black person, if you're going to small towns, you have to like kind of measure, do you not fuck with me because I'm black? Or do you not fuck with me because you just don't fuck with outsiders in general? It's probably a healthy combo of mix. Or heavy, the combination yeah, too. Right. But it's like, but it's like, <laughs> but like, I just wonder which one is like the dominant. Like when I went to Germany, yeah, I never felt like, and I'm sure it's there, but I never really felt specific like eyes or you know racism towards me because I was black. I just noticed that they didn't really fuck with anything that wasn't non-German. Or that was non-German. They didn't fuck with anything that was. And I was like, hmm. I just wonder how much of like the blackness is a part of that. uh, Yeah, (laughs) part of that pie chart. Yeah, I mean, I think specifically
1: in Germany, they would be very clear, you know, (laughs) and (laughs) vocal about (laughs) about whatever they think. I mean, it's not quite like America where they're they're more, especially growing up in the South, man. All Mm -hmm. right, so I seen some couple things, but. you know it's more under the table, it's like they have that smile on and serve you apple pie and yeah. come on, y'all, and yeah, you know, and, and then drag you behind a truck. It's like, what, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, um, you, these are some real things, by the way. If yeah, just go to history books. Oh, it's not in the history books because <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to talk. Yeah, oh, okay, my bad. Uh, but <laughs> when we're talking about Traverse City. <laughs> I didn't even mean to go there like that. Oh, right man, dude, you can uh, go anywhere, man. But, you know, when we talk about Traverse <laughs> City, yeah, I mean, it was, they're still conservative. I mean, they're like centralists, I think. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of money that flows through there as well. Yeah. And, you know, how far is Sutton Bay from there? And yeah. People have, celebrities have homes there, things like that. And Interlochen is definitely one of the premier... Uh, uh, locations and music centers um you know uh, that place actually changed my life for the better yeah you know personally um and and being in that location And, um, you know, I I didn't feel any sense of racism there or whatever. But, you know, at the time, (laughs) it's kind of crazy to learn this because I watched that documentary on Netflix about Jeffrey Epstein. (laughs) And he had a place, like, he used to be some sort of... Donor and had his own little place on campus for oh, a hot shit. minute. Yeah. Wow. So that was uh, interesting to learn. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> other than that,
0: <laughs> yeah, we just of course we got to give our listeners that uh, daily reminder: Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. So hopefully that that is your reminder for the day. Um, but no, dude, that's that's uh, dude. Every 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 I'm, I'm learning or I'm realizing more and more that like a lot of people's like knowledge or, or, I mean, not you, you seem like someone who like learns on purpose, but like a lot of people start (laughs) off like a Uh, sentence with like learning stuff like, yo, this document documentary on like Netflix. Like, I feel like, I feel like doc documentaries weren't always, I feel like there was, there was a time where they were popular, then they weren't popular. And then I feel like they are now like everything like document, but is it because documentaries weren't cool or because the shit that's happening these days are just like so worth documenting and like people need to like know it like maybe it's like crazier shit happening or a documentary is just like cooler Hmm.
1: i think the internet and social media made them cooler yeah you know because there was such before information could be hidden right and uh so documentaries were heavily censored as well i mean yeah we didn't really get that kind of twisted shit like area 51 or uh what what, what's the even the discovery channel is is on that uh, ancient uh aliens or something yeah uh, theory yeah (laughs) ufo theory basically you know that's a mainstream public you know publicly traded show that that wasn't really you know heavy back then um And I I just think people uh, have open access to how they can communicate and access to their feelings more. I think society is changing in such a way that people are allowed to express themselves and allowed to, you know, I mean, it was uh, learn and develop into whoever they think they are instead of what society tells them that they're supposed to be yeah yeah you know yeah. so now you want to learn about all kinds of shit because it's right there yeah you know at in your house for yeah. seven ninety nine or whatever
0: no dude it's 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 overwhelming when you stop and think about like the things that are very common now yeah. that just like we're not common for 99.9 percent of human history but that 0.1 percent is like what is running the world of like the the uncommon In sense like i mean this is innocent or whatever but it was not common for like a kid in tibet and a kid in brooklyn to like be doing the same dance like that that is like that is a recent phenomenon where it's like we're all seeing the same shit on this app or like you know you know it's it's and and the the question is, like I say that it's like, okay, well, what's the point? What does that mean? Like, I don't know. But like I, I I'm only smart enough to know that, like Ancient <laughs> <laughs> Theory. Dude, I'm only <laughs> No, always, I'm just kidding. I'm just no, kidding. no, dude, who knows? Who fucking knows? That's probably more right than like quote unquote experts thing. But like, it's just like I'm only smart enough to know that, mm. like, whatever the fuck it is that we're doing right now. That it is quickly changing, like, the psychology mm-hmm. of, like, humanity on an average. And, I, like, that's the thing. Like, I think people make claims for, like, it is happening for the worse or for the better. I don't even feel like I'm qualified to, like, say the direction. I just know that there is something changing. It's just It's just interesting to, like... Observe, like, like, where right. are we headed? You know, in many ways, like, I, you know, the crypto, this, that's like, goddamn, right, like,
1: sure. you know, yeah, dude, that's a great example. People getting fed up, just made up some money,
0: <laughs> like they did before. <laughs>
1: like they did. Things are changing. I mean, yeah. you know what? They, the government couldn't stop it. Yeah, you know, and uh, that's kind of what we're seeing too. The shift in in how governments and people react with with government and what the the sense of control is yeah. and, and what the veil is. And, who runs what for why who pays who right how come these people get beat up and these yep. people or whatever you know and etc and you're allowed to ask those questions now right you know you don't just get immediately fucked up you right. know? <laughs> and and more importantly and, I mean you're harmed immediately harmed right by someone else right. telling you to shut up
0: right and, and I was, you know? like just to immediately piggyback off what you said not even not even ask these questions now but we're in a point where you definitely can't ignore them because if someone is just tweeting at at you all fucking day and there's a bunch of people tweeting at you every day all day asking you shit like it's not like back in the day where it's like okay it's just gonna fizzle out it's like nah man you got people that are asking you this question like every day and they can just get a hold of whatever handle or whatever the fuck they can comment on all your stuff and like well, you sure. can't really like run from any question either but there is an overload of them so you can get quickly distracted so it's like this balance of like we we can bring things to the light but there's so much being brought to the light what the fuck do you focus on you know like like that and I don't even know if that's is that the job of like the individual that's browsing um or like should something happen and where because like who can make a call of like what is a priority and what's not like someone should have the right to like not use the amazing tool that internet is for learning and just use it for TikTok. and you know, sure, in, whatever. yeah. So it's, it's in, interesting in that regard. It's like, I wonder, uh, man. So, so as you can tell, I'm, I do, my fucking brain goes everywhere, but like, yeah. I just, I just wonder like, um, if, uh, if the internet's always just going to be this free, like if we're just always going to be able to like just search for whatever the fuck we want in the world like are we are we in that time where like uh, like um like the, the gold rush where like people were just like oh. going like getting gold like and it's like okay we'll never have this thing where you can just go to earth and like get a shit ton of gold like are we in that early part of an era where it's like we don't even realize like how unrestricted or lucky if lack were a better word, that we are like right now in the process of the Internet. Who who knows? Well, I think,
1: uh, you know, my personal humble opinion as a musician uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) would be that the development of the Internet, you know, especially for research purposes, that's how it got started. A bunch of scientists needed to send some information quickly, you know, to a lab. And then it expanded out and was, you know, uh, became a way to share thoughts, which should tell you something about our <laughs> societies, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and the fact that it was so free brought, uh, you know, people together, um, in, in such a big way. And so I, I think it's part of, uh, not to sound too cheesy, but part of our evolution, yeah. you know. And then yeah. if you believe in the heavy hardcore sci-fi stuff, you yeah. know. Uh, I, I guess the most exaggerated form would be like Terminator or whatever, but, yeah. uh, you know, then, then or Matrix or something like that, then technology starts to uh, define itself. I mean, we're already in the age of, it's not just the internet, we're in quantum computing, we're in artificial intelligence, you know. Yeah. Um, and these things can be very useful to us. And, and some folks, I'm not sure which side it was, I don't think it's Elon Musk, maybe it's the Google people want to integrate, you know, technology into a person really yeah that's
0: already happening yeah on
1: both on both sides though not not just technology into the person but even almost like an afterlife sort of thing turn the person's electronic signature into a digital electronic signature and put into a program yeah um kind of thing and um what you have to be super wealthy to be in this kind of. Would yeah.
0: Would you want that for for your like like if there was something that could keep like composing music the way you would compose music after you die, would you like want that?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I'm good. Unless it was me. Yeah. Unless I knew it, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: Would I mind having a robotic body and right. it being me? Yeah. You know. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, I can still go around and do some fun shit, yeah. have a good Halloween or something, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> it's kind of funny to think that. But uh, and and you know, go into the future and see what how humanity ends up. But no, I, I mean, I wouldn't want to merge humanity with technology to the point where we lose uh, that magic about us and i I would prefer if we, we as a, a unit globally, we were allowed to all merge into the best versions of ourselves yeah. without this yeah look, I don't have any particular yeah. ideology or whatever. <laughs> Let me just throw these disclaimers yeah. out there right yeah. now. I'm just a dude trying to survive in a place that <laughs> yeah. tells me all these things seriously from seriously. birth that yeah, dude. is about me. And I'm like, I don't even know me yet. So why are you telling me all this shit? Yeah. And I got to pay money to rent my life and all this. Yeah. Know? And uh, I don't know. I'm I, I believe more in like quantum physics and and uh, you know, which is also sort of Eastern philosophy, right? We kind of manifest mm-hmm. and and uh, you know, observer effect, right? Yeah. And um, you know, just putting these things together. And I, 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 anything is possible. So this this what we're these societies that we are. Separately, but collectively, living in yeah, because it's only one blue dot floating yeah. around in the middle of nowhere, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, when you really put it in perspective, and we're just kind of in this imaginary shit that we made up, yeah. we can change it at any point. Yeah. It's made up,
0: yeah.
1: You know, but we're gonna kill the planet, yeah, before we decide to do any of that, dude. You it's know?
0: it's um you know it, it it's man it, it's funny because <laughs> what what you just said sometimes I I wish I was um. I used to be annoyed of people like this, but now I love them because I'm almost jealous of them in the sense that, like, I'll have friends that, like, like everything you just said, they'll be like, wait, like, what are you talking about? Like, you mean, like, money and, like, isn't, like, everything and, like, this and that, like, and that, like, like I guess what I'm saying is, like, I, I'm almost jealous of, of people who, like, topics like like this, they don't know shit about they, they haven't even heard of it like they just do their job and like to them like making money is the bottom line and this and that be like there's just they have such a small like i guess umbrella of like, like 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 a small amount of topics under this umbrella and it's it's almost like man like i wonder what it's like to just like for your own problems to be the biggest problems in the world you know what I mean? Like, like Jesus Christ! Like, what? Wow! Like,
1: a lot of people in society, actually.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, but but it's but because I mean, it's it's harder. I guess it's harder to acknowledge. Like, maybe it's overwhelming. I guess depending on like how you are to be like, man, like this. Look at this. Like, oh, like I have my own personal problems, like this overarching like massive problem in society, like global warming or whatever. I mean, because it's like what. We have because we have so much access to information to know what the problems are, but like very little powers individuals to do anything about it. So it's just like, yeah, it's it's hard because mentally I think we are naturally solution-oriented beings. So it's like when you know so much about something you can't really do shit about, besides vote, quote unquote. Right. In theory. Yeah, in theory. (laughs) It's like, damn, like, well, what what do I do? Like, like, is there a point? to having all this shit in my head if I can't do fucking shit about it, you know? Like, should I just be out there like just trying to make as much money as possible, you know? Uh, well,
1: you certainly do have to have money in these <laughs> yeah. societies, right? Yeah. I mean, the fact that some people are seeing things in a more open manner, which is not an easy thing to do because it makes you deal with all sorts of things, even yeah. your own mortality, depending on yeah. how far you go with it. And so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fear <laughs> With folks, you know, and that's why all these existential memes exist, and yeah. yoga and <laughs> et cetera right uh, but um you know so i i I just think that's part of, and some people would rather flee than fight, you know, yeah, and fight doesn't have to be a negative, it can be oh, learn, sit there, yeah, that's fighting, oh yeah, the, you know resisting fleeing yeah of this overwhelming nature. And um, I think that's what kind of humanity could be um, yeah. in terms of, you know, if we all opened up and, and learned, we're more connected than not. Um, but right now it's an unsustainable system that, you know, breaks
0: Yeah. Yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> On the regular, it, it's, right? It's one of those <laughs> things where, like... Um, how? How? Maybe the, Maybe we take it for granted. I, Cause I think like there are extremes about life that, as musicians, we're able. It's able. It's like hmm, the value of a moment is way more extreme in an artist life than like in everyday. Um, you know, if you're working a job where you're kind of just like you know filing papers, this that, you're one cognitive machine. But like, you know that like um, that like. Minute before going on stage, where it's like, man, like I'm, maybe it's a solo recital. You're fucking excited. I might shit myself. I might throw up. I'm really happy. I'm really this. I'm really. There's just so much. We have these like extreme moments where like we feel life at a really, really high level. The lows and the highs sure. that I think maybe that it leads us to be able to to like like think outside of yourself. Like it like like being in the in music like it it throws it in your face how significant and insignificant you are like it's a it's a it's very true um yeah. just kind of you know it's full circle of what we
1: were talking about before yeah. right it encompasses just about every point in life especially you know uh if you're disciplined about it and um also if you want to pay your bills <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know it could be it's all it's one in the same actually I mean that's that's the thing and it you it's a thing where you can communicate with just about anybody so you are feeling all those energies yeah. too and not just of yourself I mean that's something that I don't think is taught enough to students uh, is that uh, especially the empathic ones or the more sensitive ones mm-hmm. I mean there, there are different levels of people's consciousness right. and how they connect with outside energies, right? I happen to be a major introvert myself, but I work at showbiz, so (laughs) we're good. I'm a unique blend of (laughs) person who likes to go in the rear of the
0: building, yeah. but, then, but you're <laughs> so, you're, you're, yeah. every, you're everyone's like favorite person in like like the people I feel like all the people that I know in showbiz that are introverted like that those are the only people that like everyone actually likes. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, dude. Maybe because you're because the one who's like trying to be the fucking star and shit all the time. Like it's like uh
1: they might have we higher highs, yeah. right, right? You know, like Had they might quality. have like
0: higher highs in terms of like okay, because they're putting themselves out there, and you know, all this shit. But then there's like a whole other group of people that are like fuck that guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. No,
1: it's it's <laughs> a, it's a real thing that that is very true. And you know, you have to, especially young people too. You know, have to figure out what type of person you are and mm-hmm. uh, understand how to be the best version of you for the scenario, the mm-hmm. collective scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all those feelings that you're feeling before you go on stage, that's yeah. part of it, yeah. you know? And then f- also feeling the audience depending yeah. on which scenario you happen to yeah. be in. You know, I, I play many, wow. so it's, it's a little bit different depending on which one, but... Yeah that's a feeling that you get and then also if there's a tech crew or if you're on click or if it's a live thing or if it's a show or if it's a musical or if it's an orchestral thing these are all slightly different feelings and different roles that you have to play right Uh, especially for you know coming from my particular standpoint I don't just have one thing that Mm -hmm. I do you know Um, so you know you just have to go through it and feel all those feelings and It was the first time for everything, and that's all right. Yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, the important part is is how to piece it all together. You know, observe, observer effect, right? Yeah. Observe every feeling as you're going through it uh, without uh, uh, any negative, that negative voice in your head, you know, any uh, criticism, you know? I mean, you, you can critique yourself without being overly critical yeah right putting yeah. yourself in critical condition yeah uh so uh, that's that fine line of knowing yourself and also you know self-love yeah. versus hate and for sure Etc. some very deep things that musicians can especially depending on your instruments yeah yeah. yeah i've seen some pianists and violinists oh dude break down
0: <laughs> yeah I, dude, I will say the like,
1: benefit. Like, let me just sit here for a while and yeah. watch them. You yeah. Know?
0: Oh, no, it's, 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 <laughs> it, it's bad. Like, like it, 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 but it's also amazing because that it's, it's all the blend of like the good and the bad is what creates this amazing fucking performer, this amazing, you know, product. And Absolutely. But I think what, you, what you're talking about is like, at the end of the day, they have to deal with all of it. Like we get to deal with the positives as an audience, but like they have to go home and deal with themselves. And right.
1: Yeah, you know, um, I mean, it's it's like any athlete too, right? I mean, musicians on a high level have to be very on point, very focused, right? You know, yeah, and um, and so very high pressure situations. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes for you know famous folks or whatever, you know, uh, these these uh, illusionary uh, you know, kind of things are. Um, so that, that can be a lot of pressure that's put on, on yourself, depending on your perspective. And sometimes people can shut down or go inward on themselves in a big way. Um, and, uh, you know, it can really have a negative effect on some people. So that, that's an inner valley. And you know, that was me at one point too. I mean, that's, that's how I can talk about this is because I was so critical of myself, you know, wanting to just refine my own skills and being able to—I mean, you—you know—you know—it's like playing a brass instrument. It's yeah. like, God that, you know. Sometimes,
0: sometimes, like, yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Because it's great, basic. It's, it's basic, fucking buzzing and right. air and like tongue. It, but like, it's so fucking hard to like do right all the time. it's—it's it's so hard to get to that point. Um, but like you know that what you're doing on the, the grand scene is, like, not that complex. like it's Right. <laughs> and a lot of it has to do with your own perspective and mindset. Yeah. And,
1: you know, some teachers... I mean, Jim Thompson was really great for me. Like, this, he's, he believes in present time and all this. But get, getting out of your own way. Yeah. You know, yeah. a lot of people get in their own way. Uh, and this is after you learn how to play the instrument and put the notes in the right place and, and learn yeah. your overtone series and whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also more than just about the notes, right? It's about... Putting in that communication, the actual input of whatever the composer wrote down, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, so you're you're interpreting. I mean, if you're reading a book, you're telling the story, but as if you're in the story. You yeah. want you want the listener to be in the story. Yeah. And so that that's a that interpretation, yeah. you know, is is part of it as well. Knowing your instrument and your dialect well enough that you can. You know, know exactly where the inflection is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the speed of your voice, the tone of your voice, the harshness, right. the The treble, the bass, you yeah. know, etc. And then when you start adding different styles, you know, speaking yeah. different languages, yeah, you know, it's all still language, it's still whatever, but uh, and then with the same level of precision, that's when you really into something you know and then when you're really doing it from just you know so i don't want us to just think about that negative stuff right it's like you know at one point i just realized man i like doing this i'm just gonna go out there and i also like sounding good you know (laughs) and and uh you know there's a certain type of feeling you get from just being on it right yeah and um and getting other people and being a great team player and being supportive and building a little family and depending on your situation and etc uh but just you know versus the job element of it i mean we all go to work and whatever but the idea is you know for what we do is having fun at it yeah and um i gotta say i really like playing these musicals too you know and it's not like you know, for over here, it's the longest one I've done is like nine weeks. It's not like you had to be wow. on it for like 31 years yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I, I got like that. Yeah. You know, it's a, that's a little bit long. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, like, switching them up a little, Hamilton, I guess, is here for, uh, was supposed to be here for a year and a half before all oh, nice. this pandemic stuff. Yeah. So there's no horns on that. So I was still <laughs> yeah on the uh, rotated, uh, uh, short, shorter ones. Um, which was which was great, and uh, you know, so I get to learn all this stuff, and yeah, and and these shows, uh, especially like the Disney shows, or Color Purple has a yeah. wonderful solo in yeah. it that you really take the show, you know, and and um, especially with these reduced orchestration part, it could be one trumpet, it could be Max's two. Well, actually, I've I've been on one where it's three. Um, you know, in the pit, yeah, can be anywhere from uh about 10 to maybe 20, you know, I think the largest was 26. But, you know, depending on the work situation, Andrew Lloyd Wealthy, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Weber, right. Uh, But Andrew Lloyd Wealthy uh, recently, (laughs) during the pandemic, uh, uh, cut his orchestra down, I think by half uh, and raved about it in the news. And I wonder if that's going to be a new... Not a new trend, but, you know, kind of exacerbate an already yeah. troubling issue with having more sense and less real instruments mm-hmm. and things like this. Anyway, I digress, but, uh, you know, the idea is to really have a good time doing what you do, and, and for me, getting into kind of these lyrical elements of playing and yeah. and also lucking out with the personnel that, that are in these, right. p- this particular set of uh, musicians in the pit, uh, all super cool yeah no, yeah no jerks man you know yeah. so we can just go have a good time i live about 13 minutes away you know <laughs> surface street so i'm just you know it, that's fantastic And yeah. so that was a fantastic before all this covet stuff hit and um and it's something that uh you know it's like that's what we work for
0: yeah yeah it, it it should have hit i think it, it it has for most people um uh i mean jesus if it if it wasn't obvious uh what you know we all really need during the the pandemic was just like relating to people having real relationships just basic kindness every day like Um, you know there should have been many things that we all learned about ourselves about the world and like our role in our communities like during the pandemic Um, oh also before I I forget something that you kind of said earlier about you know that internal struggle with artists Um, actually I, I will say one of the advantages of being broke coming up in the classical world is that you will never have to struggle with the whole separate the artist from self dynamic because like you're you'll play the shit out of a concert and like still be like fuck how am i going to pay rent <laughs> trust me you are not confusing those two fucking people been ever. there yeah ever you don't have that like that that fucking that that there's a there's an amount of privilege you have to have to be like i can't separate the artist from myself i sure fucking can trust me like because it was always like damn well myself is dealing with real fucking problems (laughs) (laughs) but the musician in me is doing fucking great like i'm on stage playing the fuck out of this but when i go home it's like hey fuck's going on yo this you do this and 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 if for me if anything like i felt like i couldn't relate to like developing Mm -hmm. the intense artist perspective that a lot of other people in, in music school had and that like there is a certain privilege that comes with just being able to think about music all the time, all the time. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? And in and the school perspective, Yeah, that yeah. About? but, but like oh. being in the school, being in school, but not like, but like you're like, you're good. Like someone's paying your tuition. Someone's paying your bills. Someone's paying for that fucking taco you're eating right now. You know what I mean? Like, right. like it's like when you're just thinking about the music I've always wondered, like, man, what is it like to literally mm. just be fully encompassed in the music? Because, like, half of the time in school, it was like, okay, got my hours in, now let's fucking survive. <laughs> like, as a human being, you know what I mean? Right. And, like, other people like, yeah, got our hours in, now let's just, like, fucking lounge. Like, let's, like, chill. Let's, like, think about, like, the universe and the stars and shit. And I'm like, oh, like... And it wasn't... Anyway, I say that just because, like coming from the other end it's actually there's a struggle to developing there's a struggle to really developing the feeling to even just earn the right to feel like an artist when you've spent the majority of your time dealing Mm. with like real problems because like you're you're, those real problems will always just make you remind you like the person that you are way before you think of yourself as a fucking artist yeah you know, so that is actually something I've struggled with like very recent in my life, maybe in the last year or two, where I've like mainly thought of myself as an artist, not like a bill paying fucking guy. You know what I mean? Like like mm. it's like I'm a guy that pays bills that plays the tuba. Just very recently where it's like I'm a musician. And that's that. You know so so it's it's and I and that's to say that like, um, both of those, I think, processes from whatever end you're coming from um, can really lead to a lot of like internal uh, struggle in the sense that like, uh, like I guess in, in my shoes, um, it was always like, okay, well, I'm not going to this fucking summer festival because not only can I not afford it, but you can't make money while you're at a goddamn festival. You're That's time that you're not able to work. You know what I mean? So there was like this, there was, um, it's weird because I think... Most human beings probably learn the same lessons by the time they get old and die. I think we all just learn them at different times to different degrees. But we're all learning like the same lessons to a certain degree. That being said, if someone's coming to music school and like they have that like privilege of like, you know, maybe they they had money. So they're only thinking about the artistry. I have friends on the other side that, like, when they left and their parents were like, hey, like, you're an adult now. We're not bankrolling you anymore. That was the first time they were dealing with ever being fucking broke. Mm. And then I was like, oh, shit. Those were advantages the whole time? When I was, like, 16, 17, fucking broke as fuck? Like, I didn't realize those were advantages at the time. But so, like, I felt like I came in like this and, like, people were coming in very high and a lot of people also couldn't handle that decline of privilege as they got older. So it's it's weird. Like, we, we're all coming from different ends, but, like, I wouldn't... Like, basically what I'm saying is, like, I, I, I think while I was in school, I wanted to... I wanted to have the, like, luxury of, like, oh, man, like, dude, like, your, your parents got you two $30,000 tubas without fucking thinking about it? That's oh, insane. But yeah, then, it is insane. Also. Only it's good a, for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you graduate <laughs> from school, but now those same people are, like, figure it out, son. You've never had to figure shit out for yourself, financially at least, ever. And now they're just, like, so, like, I then realized, I was, like, okay, I, I never let me not ever get into that mindset of like, I wish I were in your shoes. Or I wish we could swap because like there's still that struggle. Um, and even dude, even if even if you were bankrolled all the way till you got some big orchestra job, let's say in this pandemic was the first time you were ever broke. Like, who knows? Because like the orchestra stopped paying you and you were bankrolled in your whole life all the way to like last year. Like I like at some point in the music world. It is very, very hard to avoid struggling with sense of artistry or, like, relationship with money. It's mm-hmm. going to get you at some fucking point. For, for people like me, it may have been very early on. For other people, it may have been later. At some point, those two things... For the majority. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, dude, the, you're either going to struggle with, That's like, sad. that artistry or, like, the money aspect. And, man, the the, the mental... I think the patience it takes to deal with both is uh, commendable for anyone that like you know comes out the the other end um, like not totally fucked up by like whatever they had to do to figure that out you know like I, I applaud anyone but like um uh, for you I mean like if you if you' don't mind asking like what was what was like your um like even even in school for you like what if if out of those two things, was there one, were you were you like the the kid, like, were you like kinda like did you have a lot to work with like financially wise? Like did you just have to kind of like deal with all your shit by yourself? Uh no. Yeah. And mostly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um we were middle class, you know, lowish, mid middle class in the country uh My parents were my mom was a it, it, well still is a paraprofessional paraprofessional uh for the hearing impaired at a middle school uh and my father was a teacher
0: yeah
1: they retired you know yeah uh retired when i was born and in that military town and he had been in the military for thirty something mm i think thirty three years maybe something like that oh. but uh you know, so now it's, they can sustain and be cool, and, mm-hmm. but, no, everything was a struggle, right? Yeah. Um, we didn't have much, um, we had enough, and my first trumpet was $30. Wow. It was a real <laughs> piece of shit, let me tell you, but, uh, <laughs> but there's a great story behind it, too. Yeah. It's a pawn shop trumpet, right? And, uh buddy you know military buddy espos um of my pops went in and uh, turned one of the valves around and when we got there a little bit later he was like hey it doesn't work and thing was supposed to be like a 100 bucks which was way overpriced when it really yeah i mean you know but uh <laughs> no brand on it it was <laughs> those are the best it was ones. a trumpet adjacent yeah. <laughs> um you know but it had its 10 and a half c in there and whatever and uh, so we got it for 30 bucks and uh you know just kind of made do and i got ai uh, don't even know if i got an intermediate model i think we just like okay you're you know Serious, yeah, it was like the the talk, right? Yeah, especially being a black male yeah. in, uh, in an area where it's very easy to hang out in the Walmart parking lot or whatever, right? Uh, and uh, stay there for the rest of your life, and for sure, etc. etc. A lot of stereotypes uh, during right. that time, right? I mean, for me, it was the 90s, early 90s, and um, oh, especially in the south, let me just. Go ahead and say that
0: again. Yeah, right. Because I, I downplay <laughs> that as a northerner all the fucking time. Like I'll, I'll walk into like a thing in L.A. or Baltimore, New York, and be like, oh man, like was that like a racist like microaggression? And now I think of like all my black friends from the south, and I'm just like, fuck, man. Let me, you know what? Let me not even fucking complain right now. Like you <laughs> yeah. guys are like dealing with like actual fucking shit down there, man. Well, it's like
1: a, it's it makes you tougher, you know for sure. And you also can. You know, I don't know if I would be considered oversensitive today because I just know how things start mm-hmm. and how they get started, For and then sure. w- you may not even be thinking about it, but I know where you're going, motherfucker. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> let me just stop you right here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? And people yes. don't want to be dealing with that, so yeah. I'm just saying. But uh, you know, no, you, and you have to learn, mm-hmm. and and if you don't, you don't. So and your parents make sure you learn these things because you know they grew up around the area. Yeah. You know, I mean, my, my grandfather. Wow father you know our owners are are from durham north carolina you know it's like yeah there's a street with our last name on it where the family that's where they yeah you know what i mean so that's that's kind of you're dealing with that too and then people that just assume that it's theirs yeah yeah you got a problem with that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Right. it's, it's uh,
0: it, this is so interesting because I I am some really, of the cops, by the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, dude.
1: At least at that time.
0: Yeah. Uh, anyway, no, dude. It's it, it, what, what you just said is very interesting because I I use the word audacity because like I'm I'm always curious. People who come from um, situations where no one around them is doing what they are now doing uh there's no way they like they didn't see whether it's someone that looked like them or just someone in general that's now doing what you're doing so like I you again that word audacity like what gave you the audacity to like dare and be like okay i'm seeing people are doing this thing you know like you said like it's very easy for someone to be at this walmart this thing like their whole life like what (laughs) what what was that extra and not to disrespect any you know any of those jobs but like what was that thing where it's like man like I can be doing something on on a higher level like
1: right shout out to Walmart yeah uh <laughs> great great services yeah. Good products wonderful uh job opportunities as well yeah uh, <laughs> but what um no I just I I needed out I needed options you know I needed there was nothing that felt like me there uh, with the exception of very select few things that I had access to mm. that gave me interest, right? Uh, one of them being my band director and just a couple of friends that were heavy into that. And um, But, yeah, no, I just I had enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was time to go. And um, so and then Interlochen in reached out to me. I had one, you know, just in high school. um, uh, you know, I, I got serious, and um, by serious I just meant I wasn't trying to be one of these dudes doing stupid shit, hanging out all the time or whatever. Me and my friend, who was Victorian, um, I mean, we did do some high school things, yeah. right? Right. But we still were first chairs and winning all the stuff and whatever. It was a different type of... Yeah, I don't know, social debauchery. It wasn't, you know, I'm not trying to get in trouble with the law, especially, you know, especially when they're coming after you. I mean, it's not even, uh, you really have to watch yourself. So I didn't want to become a statistic, one. um, And uh, I felt like, you know, there was really no reasonable explanation for me to want to use music as a way to live outside of what it made me feel and how I felt when I was doing it. Um, and when I learned something, especially on a piece of shit instrument like the trumpet, it's really unforgiving. You know, <laughs> I love it, of course. You know, right. um, but um, it's a love hate relationship. But uh, <laughs> you know, you it, you learn it. It's it's very truthful, yeah. and it um, forces you to learn about every part of yourself and um, inspires discipline and. Um, all these really great words on, you know, connecting yourself to an instrument. A, a piece of plumbing for us. I yeah. mean, you're, you got a lot of plumbing <laughs> yeah. Now. Be empty in a swimming pool, you know, <laughs> in the spit valve. That's why I always love watching tuba players like yeah. this.
0: havoc on stage. Love the, 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 the disgust of the string players just yeah. turning around like, why the fuck do you exist? What was that plop? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. dude, yeah, no, true. Our amount of spit, that's... So it's such a spot on observation because like our amount of spit like makes a whole sound like a whole like there's a weight that you can feel on the ground a puddle begins yeah no dude, it's for nothing it's bad dude i remember the the stage i was on as a kid too uh it was one of the the like rooms or whatever there was like a slight tilt so like my spit would then like uh fucking like um it would like drain in the direction towards like towards it. the front, so like people would be like, Yeah, look at that trail! of fit just fucking like There's wiggling its way there. through." The- Who can I hit? Yeah. Who can I hit?
1: Yeah, I'm going first clarinet today. Yeah, man.
0: Man, you know,
1: yeah. I mean, so that was that's what it was all about. It was just like I I needed to do it. Yeah, and there was no rhyme or reason. I and um, I just got in passion with it, and it it was like compound interest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, just and uh, by the time I got that letter, I I'd won first Charles State like four years in a row, and you know, concerto competition playing the Hummel with the Savannah Symphony New York Orchestra sure, back at the time uh, under Chelsea Tipton, uh, who's oh. still out there today, wonderful human, um, and a bunch of other things that. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, got Georgia. Georgia's done, right? Yeah. And uh, and what can I do? Maybe go to UGA. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Fred Mills was down there at the time, and we had something called a Hope Scholarship, where if you had a certain GPA, they'd pay for it. Which my parents were very interested in, and right. you know, I had good grades, and I was an AP and gifted yeah. program, and all this other nerdy kind of stuff. And, but, and and by the way, both my parents were in the school system so to make sure yeah. that I was on the straight, the it's up really and up. Smart, yeah. You know, yeah. oh, <laughs> <laughs> you try something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's, yeah. Yeah, I no just had a,
0: had a guest on yesterday. Um, uh, her name's uh, Kenosha Nosha. Um, she's uh, born and raised in Mississippi. Her mom's a principal as well. Because I was talking to her, I was just like, man, he's like education. Is uh, there's a different feel to it down there? Um, like from my northern perspective, all you really see are the statistics. You'll be like, uh, like I think Mississippi specifically was like uh, public schools, like on average, it was like the very, very worst. And so, probably, she, yeah. She and she's like an award-winning like writer for like poetry and stuff like this. And I'm just like, man, how how what was like the mindset of like coming from somewhere where quote unquote it's like the worst education or whatever, and then like coming to Win it, just winning awards versus like Boston right. kids and yeah, shit yeah, like, no like yeah because it must have been harder to not have that like community of intellectuals that like all the and I, Jesus Christ I'm not calling these people fucking stupid. I know right but it's like but, but you know you shout know, out to the south yeah um. but, yeah, no, dude. but like every clip I've ever seen of like Boston or whatever there's like people like from like Harvard and this and that they'll just like go to like coffee shops and shit run into each other and just be like oh let's just talk about quantum fucking physics like right. I just I don't think like blue collar towns and mississippi have that like they're intelligent people but like not in that like educational like sake you know learning for the sake of fucking debate for the sake of debate bullshit that like some towns have like and and but those communities are valuable if you're trying to like build off of that like educational intellect and like i i really respect someone who um like you'll hear people like oh this kid that grew up in this neighborhood has a full ride from all the Ivy League schools. And it's it's just more impressive because they didn't have that community of, like, right, educational discussion that they could just, like, fall back on and learn from. You know, so it's even more impressive, you know. Well, you know, no matter where you are, you're right there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You are the one that's
1: there. What you bring to any situation is real, mm-hmm. you know, and for better or for worse. Yeah. And... Um, and and that becomes part of your character, right. and, and that's something that um, uh, can be beneficial at work too. Yeah, you know how you help your team, how what you bring to whatever the production is. Yeah. you know if it's a cool vibe versus, what's going on with that dude over there, man? You know, is he all right? Yeah, <laughs> let's find somebody else. No, but uh, <laughs> you know, so I mean, all these things that they, they they matter, and and so you know you can depending on the type of person you are and your personality, have friends or just start these things. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that's, that. it was, it was about meeting like-minded people. Right. And and so that's where the, the kind of, it's not a formula, but that, that's what the similarity mm-hmm. is, right? Mm-hmm. It's like there, I mean, I was hanging out with people that I was in gifted program in third, fourth grade, fifth yeah. grade, you know, I mean, yeah. they, they bust us out. We all got grouped together early and uh and then, when you go to certain clubs or certain events and all these people, the networking things, the monster still works the same way, yeah. right yeah. and uh and then you got you got your crazy people out here with weapons trying to yeah. do whatever too, yeah, you know, yeah, and people live their lives how they choose within certain contexts, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, our society <laughs> has made some very monstrous mistakes with certain groups of people Mm -hmm. that are in desperate situations now. But, you know, um, there is a threshold where we could make our own uh, uh, choices and realize consequences and and things like this. Um, So, yeah, when it it came to, we got that letter my junior year, um, my mom was like, nope my baby's not going nowhere right now you're gonna you know whatever she did the, it's not gonna happen yeah and we'll save up and whatever and i'm glad that you're whatever and um but i did send in an audition tape anyway and i did get accepted for the next year with the terms and conditions Mm. and um you know got a little bit over half to go which was exactly the deal that i made with my parents they said if if you raise half, we'll raise the other half, and they gave me more than half. So wow. I was like, yeah. Well, that counts, right? Yeah, yeah. wow, <laughs> swish. Yeah. No, <laughs> so I was out, man. Um, and uh, my band director, uh, you know, allowed me to win the senior awards, <laughs> nice, <laughs> you know. But I, you know, I excelled in everything too. I was a drum major and yeah. all leadership, and yada yada, blah blah blah, right and uh, so it was nice to be recognized and you know it was really cool and then uh split uh, you know what 17 16 17 around there and now you're living on your own in yeah. in this uh you know yeah. <laughs> in this town yeah i was really no. <laughs> playing yeah. You know? <laughs> but it's true, dude. Yeah, yeah, you know. No, I was and I was, snow for the first time, that was trippy. Girl. Oh yeah.
0: yeah. Oh right. I i never think about that. No
1: snow. Yeah. I mean frost Damn. maybe. It gets down to like thirty in the winter. Yeah. In southern Georgia. And and it's just a thin layer of frost and people go crazy. It's yeah. like no. Yeah.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> dude, I was uh I, I really um I admire people who like did it right growing up it's uh it's that that that's a strong statement but like like to handle their shit growing up and that like like um i uh, literally everything you just said about like your come up is like basically the polar opposite of of mine and that like i like you would i i've like fucked up in a way where you would think that like in my planner in the beginning of the day, I like wrote like how to fuck up today. Like that, that that's how much like I fucked up. Like dude, I, yeah, dude, I, I failed like every class up until 10th or 11th grade. I just like didn't do work. I got, uh, I like broke the record for suspensions and detentions in my middle school. Um, Which is like It's weird I'm not even gonna lie I Like say that With like a little bit Of pride for some reason Which is like part of the Which is like part of the problem Like so So Uh, for me Like my my, So I I guess Like going all the way To the Beginning My parents are uh, 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 Well I'm Nigerian And um, so they came here In the mid uh, 80s And I think Growing up Like Oh man It's like Trevor Noah man (laughs) <laughs> or tre- yeah. did Trevor move himself over here? Yeah, uh, yeah. I th- I think so. I think For so because he still has the accent. Yeah. He still has that like that South African accent. It's like, what? What's going on? So but- your
1: first wave basically or yeah. first uh, what do they call it?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, first gen. Yeah. First gen. Yeah. And and like I think um that's super cool man oh yeah dude i love it i love it i didn't realize and it's one of those things where you realize how cool it is later because as a kid you're just like man like how can i fit in how can i fit in and then like you realize like oh like "Mm, this is how i stand now like my name is fucking osita denma i'm fucking weird enough just off of that like great like i stand out just off of that like if i go somewhere and i have a name tag i'm like gonna get like talked to just because people are (laughs) like what the fuck is that yeah but and where are you from yeah exactly yeah. You know, but but like it's it's um, I don't know, man. I think I think because they're very like old school African is like old 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 school yeah. American. You know what I mean? Like uh, so, like 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 Nigerian parents of like the '80s raised their kids with like the same policies that like white people during like Lincoln's time raised their kids. Like <laughs> sure. It's very fucking strict, and and like sure. I think like. Seeing how free American kids were, and then like coming back home where it's like yo, know, whatever the fuck we say goes. It was just this. Uh, and of course, I'm gonna take it. I was just a shit kid in the sense that like I just didn't listen to anyone for anything. Like if you told me what to do, I would do the opposite for the sake of not listening to you. Are, I you, was mean, are just that you an kid. only child or a middle child? Oh, dude, I have three older sisters. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah I So yeah, you know,
1: you're the youngest.
0: Yeah, youngest. Oh, yeah. okay.
1: Yeah. And with girls, yeah. so you want all the attention
0: too? Yeah. Yeah, dude. It was it was it was weird, man. I was uh, Did your mom beat your ass or oh, what? Dude, every day. But mom oh, okay. and dad, they fucking on some <laughs> WWE tag team shit, dude. <laughs> I was going up against Triple H and Sean, whatever the fuck, every fucking day, dude. I, I yeah, no, like I'd I'd um oh, okay. God man, it was it was you know, and it was um And still didn't learn. That's what it took for me, man. It took oh, yeah. two good times. Yeah. And- you know what because i think i I think on a on a therapy (laughs) level i think you know what my uh, therapist would say back then they'd be like you know any attention you can get from your parents even if it's like physical fucking punishment yeah it's still attention and that's why you keep like doing this because when you do positive things you don't feel like (laughs) you're gonna do well in this town yeah uh,
1: I'm just kidding. Here's
0: I have a a joke. Who, mommy issues and daddy issues. <laughs> Fucking boom! Oh no, you know you're absolutely right though. <sighs> no, but but like really, and I I think it's weird because now the there are aspects like and like I there there is aspects of the disobedience that have been very very helpful in ways that I did not um you can never see coming because there's just such a shit storm you have to go through when you're like, you know, getting in trouble all the time to realize like, oh, okay. Like I guess all those hours sitting in the principal's office, like negotiating is like kind of useful now because like now, like I, I, it's funny, I, I, black man, I talked my way out of a fucking ticket three days ago and I was like, I'm not sure I could have done that. If I didn't have all that experience talking myself out right. of all that shit before, right? Like, not only did I not die, right? I didn't get charged. They didn't get your money. Yeah, yeah. dude. And I was like,
1: whoa. Okay.
0: I've never, I've never gotten a ticket. I've, t- I've, t- and I was like, okay, like, so there's, it, I mean, that that's a weird example, but there, there's just like things where it's like, okay, like that. It, it, it's uh, there's no such thing as wasted time. You are like developing some skill. Like, at all times, and you're just not sure whether it's going to be helpful. Now, like, the, the, the obvious ones were that, like, okay, like... I my like so in fifth grade it, I was like okay I'm gonna be a musician uh, I know this like I want to go to Peabody because I grew up like 15 minutes outside of it and I was like yeah I'm gonna go do this and, I, and all that happened but like what I sacrificed from that like I I like failed everything else because I knew I didn't give a fuck about anything else but music but like now later down the road I'm like okay like what would have mm. been. The benefit to giving a fuck about that is that, like, as an adult, there's things that you don't want to do that you still have to give a fuck about. So, like, I'm sure in some way I would have maybe been better at doing the stuff, like, now as an adult that I, like, do not, like, like better because, like, maybe, you know, and I would probably be more organized, this and that. Like, all that stuff it's not just that you're learning math, you're also learning how to like juggle things, you're learning how to like prioritize and this and that. Sure, But then there was also benefit from that, like knowing exactly what I want, going for it and making it happen. It also like gave me this like confidence that you can't buy where it's just like, yo, I willed the fuck out of this thing. And and so there was some benefit to that too. And so anyway, I just I wanted to share that just because like it's it's cool because like I always admire people who like didn't have their head up their ass as a kid and like you actually well. like, like <laughs> wait, but where but where but where it but where it mattered, dude. Like you you fucking like you you didn't have your head up up your ass like where it mattered because my bullshit sometimes spilled into the music lane. So it wasn't like I was this like perfect kid in the music lane, and then like everything else was just like the worst person ever like that. Of course, like you can't like, you know that like like yeah it would it would definitely and my music teachers are laughing right now where I say yeah. like a little bit because it was a lot but it was just so much less than the other shit so right. anyway but yeah dude I mean it's it, is there is there is there are there aspects of like your come up though where you wish you maybe like did more bullshit more fuckery like maybe you took more risks yeah well with a couple of girls in high school yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, my, uh, here's the thing. I was an only child. or oh, am an okay. only child or whatever, however mm-hmm. you want to... So, and with my mom's attention span, there was no room for error. Yeah. You have to understand these yeah. things. And, and so when I went to and that was the start of me living about 2,500 miles away, <laughs> at least for the rest <laughs> of my life, right? <laughs> not, not. I love you, Mom, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm just saying, so... Uh, you know there there are a couple of things that uh, I wish I could have explored the way that I wanted to, to, yeah. to explore them. Yeah. <laughs> That's safe still, <laughs> and uh, you know, um, and then some things that I just lost my damn mind with. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, like I mean, there was debauchery in high school. I started drinking a lot with yeah. my buddy underage drinking. You know, yeah. and my white best friend who at his yeah. it was okay as long as he was in his house, right? Yeah, dude. Those white friends drinking,
0: dude. <laughs> yeah, those fucking white dude. All all my white friends in high school, like I was just like, yo, like I'm fucked up right now. What do you mean we're getting more? Like, but but weed was mainly my thing though. Up.
1: Oh, it became oh, that's cool. <laughs> um, you know, and that's even different to me. But we'll we'll get to yeah, that later. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, in high school. Uh, Yeah, definitely. It was just like that. It was a damn competition, whatever. So that was a little bit overboard, you know, but then I found a balance with everything. And uh, no, it wasn't until college, though, you know, that I had more selection of how I live my life. Yeah. I mean, even Interlocking, we had RAs, you're on campus, right? So, and I also, there was no fucking around. Like, if that didn't work, i there's no plan B. There's no money for anything. There's yeah. no, you know, so half of this is like, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. You know, period. I ain't going back to this, right? Yeah. And,
0: um. Sorry, dude, to people listening, it sounds like a fucking motorcycle convention just like decided to stop. And that's one <laughs> bite. Take, Yeah, That's just one guy. And that's one dude. <laughs> You can still hear them down the street. Yeah, sorry, not to interrupt, but
1: it's all had to explain. The breeze is nice, though. I have to say, yeah, uh, (laughs) I enjoy it thoroughly. Um, What was I getting at here? Oh, yeah. So you know, there there, there's no room for mistakes. It's just uh, in my mind. Yeah, I know what I would potentially go back to, which was not much. Yeah, and. so I was up, man, at interlock and just busted my ass. And anyway, yeah. uh, you know, like at, I'd been literally up as soon as the building opened at six and doing my climbing routine at whatever and then eating breakfast and then having our eight o'clock rehearsal, you know, for two hours, orchestra rehearsal, which I got first chair after the first few weeks and stayed there for the rest of the year, uh, which was, a, you know, a big deal for a no one. At an international music school, right? So yeah. it was just deep, deep learning and and uh, learning about my friends too. I mean, one of them was uh, Gabe DiMartino, uh Vince uh-huh. Martino, trumpet player. Yeah, uh, his son uh, was a whole mate of mine, and another guy named Jesse Lewis, who's now a recording engineer, cello player in Boston, nice. has like four or five Grammys. He's even recorded the Phil, got a Grammy from the Phil too, nice. from a couple of years ago. Uh, I, I may have been one of his first recording projects. As a matter of <laughs> fact, you know, a little fun fact. But uh, you know who to thank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, appreciate appreciate that background, buddy. Yeah. But I also woke him up every damn morning at six o'clock, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, which he waited, right? To, yeah. To go a little bit later, but uh, he was a real good sport about it. Yeah. Um, but there was just that that hunger, like you got, you had. This is it. There's yeah. no plan B. Yeah. You know. And, yeah. And you know what it was. So um yeah, there so there was that. And uh so it was still very strict there. Um, although people did stuff and kids will be kids and find the you know the right paths around the right <laughs> building at the right time or whatever. <laughs> okay. But yeah. uh you know, and then um got to college and then it was like, Oh. Yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> Yeah. And, and then you know sophomore year you become 21 or whatever it is yeah. and then it's like oh oh yeah yeah but even before it's like okay getting into stuff and you know and yeah. got your own room and yeah just dealing with all sorts of things That's right
0: so interesting man like by freshman year for me which is like i i, I was i was like that was the beginning of my like Trajectory of like retiring from like the fun life. I was like, "Fuck, dude! I have had nothing but opposite for me. Yeah, I've done-, <laughs> I was like, I've done nothing but exactly what the fuck I've wanted to do for eighteen years. It is time to like really buckle the fuck down and like just you know get get to work. Um and like, it dude, it was it was uh. It, I guess I mean however you get there you know you get there I think I think the, right I feel like a lot what we're a lot of what we're commenting on is like it's all of our jobs to like understand what's missing basically like we're all going to be missing certain aspects where, where it's like okay like there's certain aspects of life that like you haven't really like you know done or gone down and like you know that that's like affecting whatever the fuck and then there's like a certain level of seriousness that you have never showed or had and that's affecting whatever and and like it's cool I actually I love that we're coming from opposite ends because I mean the fact that like we're both sitting here today and speaking to each other it's like fuck you know it's like it's like like finding whatever it was that was missing to be that person you know, you could be, you know, mm-hmm. for the sake of like not trying to sound like a Hallmark card, <laughs> it's like, yo, it's, it's so true. Like, I guess you, you, it was, but you know, I, you know, I, I say it's cool that you had, I think that it's harder. It is hard. Like, no one's grading you on social life. There are no like A's, B's, and C's or whatever. Like, for me, it was very obvious there was a need to change. It's like, okay, I'm not winning. I'm not, um, passing these classes there's like a grade that showed what needed like for me to like work on but i i actually think you the the self-awareness that you had to work on like what you like like that is such a individual journey i would say that it's actually harder to come from your direction than mine like there's there's like measures there's obvious like societal measures for success on like a career level not as a person to be in tune with what you need as a human it's a whole other fucking thing.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's I believe the survival element of it. Yeah. Right. Um. So the grass is greener, right? Because I'm, yeah. I'm like, man, okay, I want that. <laughs> I, wish, I wish, it was like chill, <laughs> man. You know, I yeah. got to act the fool, and then I'm in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Instead of wondering what it would could have been, yeah. what it was like. I mean, I still think about a couple of situations. Same yeah. here.
0: <laughs> Same here. <laughs> like, know? I wonder,
1: what if I gave a yeah. fuck, like, <laughs> before? Yeah, dude. Oh,
0: fair enough. Fair yeah. enough.
1: So I guess I guess it, uh, no matter what side you come from, there's always going to be, you know, the opposite, That, uh, especially with curiosity, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but at the end, you keep marching on, you know. And um, I don't know when I got into college, so that's when I knew all the deans on the first yeah. name basis. Yeah. And, so many things, man, so many things that was a terrible <laughs> student, and I was at one of the best conservatories on the planet, you know yeah. um invented the d m a right, and uh, <laughs> this was Hunsberger's last year, and everything uh I killed at the ensembles it was wow. in you know all the ensembles and created auxiliary ensembles, but I could not take humanities to save my life i yeah. just oh, sam i didn't I didn't want it I, I couldn't. I couldn't care at all. Yeah. I, I mean, I ended up taking a freshman humanities my senior year, yeah. <laughs> bro. It was so sad.
0: Yeah. I, I felt so old. Um, Dude, someone placed me in ESL because they saw my name was so just like, this guy has to be a fucking foreigner. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's kind of racist. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> 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 didn't and even typical. See my record, but like born and raised Baltimore, Maryland. I looked around. That's also, I, how job uh, interviews work, dude. Because I felt <laughs> racist as fuck. I was like, I was like, you did? No, you didn't. When I, no, oh, it's funny for, because uh, when I was, I sat in the class that day for the first day. I felt racist as fuck because I was looking around. I was just like, I speak way better fucking English than anyone here. Hmm. Why am I Where here? was this Peabody? Yeah, this is Peabody. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, yo, what's happening? Because like everyone there was Asian. I was just like, yo, like, am I just being racist, or like, should I just not fucking be in this class? <laughs> and then like uh, my professor, she was like, welcome to like ESL for because like in the thing on like the, the schedule, <laughs> oh, this it is didn't you figuring label. it out. Yeah, it was just like the number of the class, oh, so oh, it didn't shit. say ESL thing. I was just saying, I was just like, yes, that's why everyone here has an accent except for me. What was your reaction? Oh, I literally just got up and left. Oh, okay. She's like, "Where are you going?" I was just like, "Do you hear me?" <laughs> I'm I should not be in ESL. Nick, you know, I probably, I'm going to go complain to your boss. Yeah. No. It was and I was just like, hey, like, can I like not honestly my biggest beef was like if it, it, it's one thing, if the credit would have been the equivalent of like the harder class, I probably would have just stayed. But right. it's like, no, it's like you have to eventually An get intro to like level. this. Yeah. It was like so it would have just been more class. I was like, no, no, no. Nobody's wasting Can't my do time that. like <laughs> Can't that. Yeah. Do that. Yeah, it's like it's like um the uh the kids that I um, uh, grew up with like if they were um, from a Spanish speaking country and they took Spanish as an I'd just be like fuck you you're so lucky right. yeah but I mean I don't know it's 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 a it's a double edged sword I guess because if if you actually want to learn something but um, nah man anyway I, well, I, I some I,
1: people need those things
0: yeah yeah uh, some people are
1: born into something
0: that <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> they didn't ask for yeah and don't
0: need dude. <laughs> no fucking doubt that assumption
1: that he can't speak english yeah because of his name
0: yep yep dude i I (laughs) i've had all types of like interesting fucking like i've had people um i i love uh filling something out and uh like every now and then i'll put like other for race because i was like i want you to fucking guess yeah at the very least like google fucking google me there's only one of this name i promise you actually the two my dad of course, and it's just like, and I <laughs> look at them, yeah. and I'll like meet them, and I'm like this large fucking black dude, and like I've had people be like, dude, I thought you were gonna be like Japanese, or like I thought you were gonna be like Mexican or something. I'm just like, and 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 it's just it's just interesting because like, I guess one of the advantages of having like a name where like I I'm, people's facial reactions when they see my name written out is like if like a Scrabble board just like fell on the ground and like the (laughs) letters just happened to align in this weird fucking arrangement they're just like wait what the fuck am I are you sure this is your name I'm just like yes that's great yeah first day of school that's probably why I hated school because the first day of every fucking year I had to deal with that just every class boom 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 okay who are my students this year uh, I've got fucking and like I've got pe- like dude I've had people look at so it's O S I T A D I N M A I fucking shit you not I've had people look at that and just be like Oscar is Oscar in there I'm just they like, must have misspelled this on the paper yeah so I'm just gonna go with like like did you just autocorrect something. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like what? <laughs> That's that
1: cognitive dissonance yeah. autocorrect. Yeah. Which still happens in America lot. Well, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, no, but it's it's weird. I I um which I know I'm like kind of segueing into something here, but I, I actually I I've always I wondered if um maybe why as a kid I felt special was because there was no one ever. I never met anyone that had my name. So I, I just always wondered what it's like to be in a room and for there to be like four Johns and your name's John, too. It's just like, what the fuck? Like how how I wonder if like subconsciously as a kid, you feel like you're not unique because like nine other motherfuckers in the room have your name, too. Like, like right. I, I just I wonder what that's like. I met no too, by the way, because it's like Osita's like the Nathaniel. Of Nigeria and the United States. Like 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 Nathaniel's not super common, but like we all know the name. So it's like it's also not super common in Nigeria either. So like I met let's say I met met another Nathaniel. Right. And I was like, dude. Cause like this kid and this kid too, he was kind of like a fuck in high school. So like when like he if he like did something, um People be like, yo, did you hear what Osita did? That's what they called me at the time. And I'd be like, yo, not me. I fucking promise I did not do that. But, if, I mean, it was a good thing. I'll take credit for uh, it. I know, but right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, like, dude, for the first time, I was just like, oh, so this is what it's like. Sometime around 10th grade, he came in from, like, another district or state or whatever. And I was like, whoa, this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, I mean, I, I just say that just because, like... Um, I don't know. There was there was a part of me as a kid that was like embarrassed uh, to have like this weird name that stood out, but then it also kind of made me feel special.
1: Yeah, I think that's great. You know, I think <laughs> no. I mean, I think it's, cause, yeah. you know. Uh, okay, look, I I'm on some shit today because <laughs> here's the <here's> thing <laughs> that I thought about. I was like, man, you know, because you come, you can trace your name, you can trace your lineage, you can. Yeah. I mean, most Black folks, especially where I grew up, right? Smith Johnson, yeah. you know, yeah descendants of Thomas Jefferson somehow yeah right yeah and that whole slavery thing yeah and I told you about the place in North Carolina and whatever right so I mean there that's already stripped out and from and that's a real problem with a lot of you know underprivileged and depending on which state and you know resources and inner city and whatever all you know all these buzzwords but you know it came from a, a lineage of actions and yeah and it's kind of weird that we just flesh on this. I mean yeah. it's super cool you yeah. know to to be able to have a lineage mm-hmm. right i mean and and have that unique thing. Mm-hmm still yeah and 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 intact i mean that
0: that that is special that that truly is you know i mean it's 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 and i think it's one of those things where growing up like you know we kind of of said about something else before the grasping on the uh, greener on the other side it's like me growing up like actual black americans i was like you guys are cool as fuck like a good like like Everyone's trying to be like y'all. Everyone's trying to rap like y'all. Play this like y'all. Do this like y'all. Ain't that a bitch? Right, right. And I'm just like, (laughs) yo, these are the coolest fucking people in the world. And here comes me with like my fucking like drum and stick and like tribal (laughs) fucking like leader village fucking you know whatever. And and it again, it's always a it's always this. Um, at least for me, I think growing up as a kid, it was just like the graspy... Green on the, the other side because yeah. there was like a um there was also an element of like blackness that like I felt I did not have for a very long fucking time yeah like honestly like well into my uh, I'm 24 so like probably until like 21 I was like yeah you're black you're black enough you're black enough because it was just always like I don't know. It's like man, I'm just like, man, black people are just so fucking cool. And like that Yeah, and like, there there is a
1: difference too, right? Yeah, there's there's yeah. American black. Right. You know? And yeah. then if you get in that South African stuff, though, Yeah,
0: it's different like, like Trevor Noah and, and the James uh,
1: <laughs> right.
2: Black not and same
1: fucking. Right. Yeah. And uh I mean that would be colorism back in, in the right. slavery era for right. us, right? They right, made the, there was Roots, that movie, and then there was Queen, another one that that described this era with women and, yeah. and all this. But um you know yeah it actually does exist and for you to feel that it's like oh now I feel you know yeah. black you know it's a cultural yeah. Yeah. thing in America built off of survival yeah I mean all that character all that I mean hip hop yeah you just listen to what they're saying at the very beginning especially yeah. and then if you listen there's a great Netflix documentary on the, the birth of hip hop yeah. too yeah. I mean you know in the Bronx and in these little apartments just dance. You Know, yeah, uh, and it started very humble, just people in the worst places going through the worst things, making the best of their situation, yeah, which is a high form of art, yeah, which gets totally ripped off, yeah, you yeah. know, by, by the people, yeah, Ooh, I'll be yeah. quiet now, yeah. but uh, you know, um, and the fact that it is a global phenomenon, the culture of a people that are still oppressed, you know, yeah. and uh and still bringing the globe together
0: yeah
1: you know yeah you think about the George Floyd incident yeah and all of this not that that's a new phenomenon but now there's everyone watching it and starting to believe some of the words that were spoken in the the past by yeah uh, some of our greats that were assassinated right yeah yeah (laughs) for the same reason Mm Wink, wink. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, so that yeah, that 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 really is is part of it, and very interesting to to hear that too. I mean that uh, yeah. you know, uh, coming. I mean, you were born here, though, right?
0: Yeah, but but I, still, even like now, I feel like you are way more of an American than I am. Way more of an American. Like like I feel like you can really. Speak. And you lived here your whole life, yeah, though. Yeah, my whole you life. Were born, born and but, lived but, here. But like in the house, though, so Nigerian. Right. And that that's like, you know, like like which would be great. That would yeah, be funny. Yeah. That would be. I,
1: I kind of want to have that experience, <laughs> yeah. man. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: yeah, it's fucking insane. It's insane. Like imagine growing up in well, I mean. Nigeria but then like when you went back home it was fucking America it's like oh okay like, when I leave the house it's like all these like fucking this and that and then like when you go back in it's like yeah America. like you got like I don't, I don't even know but but like the yeah. equivalent would be like okay if we're making like Nigerian food in this house and like Tucker my next door neighbor <laughs> has fucking pop tarts and shit right it'd be like you in Nigeria and, like in your house there's fucking McDonald's and like to the left there's like the rooster that like you walked to the bus stop with this morning to school, like yeah, so like it's that like it's like fuck, like it was this like dual minded experience and where I I just always uh, even beyond like blackness, I just always questioned my like Americanness, which I then realized musically ended up being uh, an advantage because I think because of that, I noticed like. Uh, people here uh, feel aligned to certain genres based off of their culture and race. I can't enjoy hip-hop if I'm a white man that lives in the suburbs. It's, it's weird. Like I, I notice like, people like artistically cut themselves off from experiencing things based on who they are. Because I never really fit in. I felt like I never really fit into any group. I fucking dove into everything. Sure. I was like, I'm never going to be one hundred percent of this or accepted in this or that. So like I I I'm the only fucking kid in this school walking around that had my iPod go from Ozzy Osbourne to Lil Wayne to fucking Lady Gaga to Mountain Off. No one else's iPod is shuffling like that well, in this fucking hallway. Yeah. I don't have Gaga, but I got yeah. a lot of those things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> dude, I like I was going right. all over the the you know the the map and and I then realized like um uh, you know, part of part of like why I like doing this, like the the podcast, I kind of just realized. I was like, man, growing up, um, I, I kind of, I was that kid that like, um, I guess like, you know, in the movie where it shows like the new kid or just some kid like trying to figure out like what lunch table am I going to sit at? I was just that kid. I was just like, I'm going to sit at whichever the fucking one I want today. Like I, I sat with the goth kids every now and then. I sat with the athletes, at the jocks, the fucking like whatever. And, and it was, it was... Um, there was yeah there was so much i guess i guess like the the disadvantage of feeling like you don't fit in to somewhere i think hopefully you realize that like now you can kind of dabble into wherever the fuck it's actually the total opposite it's like because you don't fit into this one thing you can kind of go in and out of whatever the fuck you want and um of course we all want a base we all want a base and i definitely have that now like i think my base is like artists and musicians in terms of like fundamental people that i like would call my like number one group or whatever but like i still want to be in a room with like fucking construction workers and billionaires and this and that and still feel like yo like i can speak to you sure you know what i mean so um but anyway i conclude that by saying that like i i have noticed like i guess Um, to people that I I consider proper Americans, right? Like if your ancestors were here in some way that like there's such a cultural cutoff of what people feel they can enjoy. Like why does a black American feel like they can't listen to heavy metal? Why does a white American feel like they can't listen to like gangsta? Well, actually, they fucking do. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I don't think that's true though. I
0: mean, because I do, I do have uh, black friends uh, in the past, and and uh, or you know what? I sh- sorry, I shouldn't say the individual. I should say why does the culture feel like as a whole they can't? Um, oh, uh, that like maybe maybe other races feel like they can't. Well, enjoy racism's this thing. a powerful drug, right? Right,
1: and and systemic racism like that, and. Um, and this identity theft at the very beginning that uh, got in the middle of um, who we are as a people, right? And then you have to follow the lineage of some of this music. Uh, and metal music, by the way, I mean, we can go as far back as a steel guitar. Yeah. Black folks were all over it, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, And helped invent a lot of these branches for, I mean, rock and roll, Uh, uh, I mean, even some country, I mean, we have, we, we grew up in the country. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's where most of these people from. Yeah. Yeah. Picking that thing. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) so, I mean, we're everywhere, but again, that sense of entitlement and ownership over what group of people. One were advertised. Right. I mean, you barely heard about some of these blues singers until later um because of, of uh you know black folks keeping it alive through uh, telling stories right, and the myth stayed yeah. around, yeah, and then some of these yeah. white folk came around and finally said, yep that's true too, yeah, right
0: <laughs>
1: yeah but uh you know so so that it's it's so ugly how the history of of the hate in this country has separated the root of Um, Even the art, the art form, and the Mm -hmm. sometimes the the artistry, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And uh, some of this music was built and developed under some very traumatic times, yeah. Right? So people, especially early on, had a certain uh, sense of ownership to it or tie to it, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, Some of these spirituals, yeah. You know, and you know, I mean. Some of so these are just real stories. Yeah. Tragic right. times, and you're trying to continue living yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, music was tied to uh, different cultures in a much more intimate way. Um, and uh, I, I always find it fascinating, too, uh, in this country, how classical music gets most of the funds and, mm. and what traditionally yeah. was, was known as black music until hip hop and, yeah. you know, yeah, uh, whatever's getting on the Grammy list today. Yeah, you know all the pop stuff and and all that. Uh, but before that, I mean, most of music in America came, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, from the folks doing the rhythm yeah. and 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 all this. So yeah. it's it's more integrated than than one would like to think. And and um, but uh, it wasn't it wasn't really just, uh, described that way, right? I mean, Elvis. Took somebody else's music, man. Yeah. I mean, ask Quincy Jones about Elvis. Yeah. Ask Quincy. Yeah.
0: Quincy was there. Didn't roll... I think uh, in Rolling Ask Quincy, Stone, he didn't mention he mention... He I think he I think he Oh, did about, he do something public El, he, about he it? He did Elvis and Ringo. He was like, Ringo was like a fucking average-ass drummer. Like, there is well, nothing everybody special about, about Ringo. Though, yeah, but, yeah. He, but he just... God, he said it in a way where, like, because it's Quincy saying it, he's just like, yeah, dude, Ringo's <laughs> like, just whatever. They just picked some <laughs> white kid to just play drum for the fucking Beatles. Yeah. And then he... Like, yeah. I think Elvis, I forget... God, I forget uh, what... Because I, I, Elvis is... Uh, before his day, um, uh, at least as in, I guess, would Quincy had been like a child, like a very young child when Elvis Quincy was
1: there. Yeah, he was.
0: With, I mean, he
1: knows Ray Charles.
0: You're right. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. My timelines are all fucked up right you know, now. He's like, how old sh- is Quincy? I mean, <laughs> that's that money for you. Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. But no, I mean, he he, um, his little Richard was around, right? And right. Right. God, that, that's God, who I we need to really be looking at, right? Oh, so
1: man. Um, Little, Little Richard made a speech at, uh, I think it was the Grammys, back way back when. Yeah. And uh, talk about he he's he finally got recognized, yeah, right? But yeah. before, he didn't win any awards. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, it
1: was all these cats that ripped off his stuff.
0: Yeah. And, I'm kind and of vice realizing versa. that, too. Like, like, um,. So many, so many of those black artists too. Like, there's a lot more that we don't know about. Yeah, and the ones that we do know about were eventually like, totally shamed. Uh, uh, in the, I mean, in terms of, I mean. Whitney Houston in her last years was just, like, the butt know. of every fucking joke. Bobby Brown as well, which, wait, he's not dead, though. But he's just, like, I mean. Nah, he's still here. Yeah, but, he, you know, that He just was that, blamed for
1: Whitney's death. Yeah,
0: the uh, little uh, uh, Richard in, in that, like, you know, I, I just remember, like, a bunch of skits about him. James Brown in his last years, all they really ever talked about was that, because I, I think he, like, had, had some time where he was, like, coked up or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, like there's there's just no black. I mean, of course, Michael. Well, what they did to him. It, there, there are like no black artists of
1: that came out unscathed. Yeah, Jesus <laughs> Christ,
0: man! Like like not a single one. Like, I'm all
1: right. Well, you can go down the list and talk about every single white artist like that too. I mean, the humans yeah. are humans, and they're going to go through. Artists can be damaged people, especially Mm -hmm. going through those really tough times. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody you just talked about went through shit, went through hell in their life. But I feel like maybe it's
0: spun in like this weird artsy way that like it's not like, like, like drug abuse is like not. No black person got the Kurt Cobain fucking branding. Right. That he got from like the drug use. You know what I mean? Exactly, though. Until now, Snoop. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, but like really, like, like, but even like, like, um, God, and this, is, this one's more recent. I'm not sure if, like, if a black woman died the way Amy Winehouse did. I'm not sure it would just be, like, man, Gone too Soon. She was a legend. I, like, I don't know. I don't know. But there's this thing when, like, white artists die from drugs. There's, like, this. It makes them more legendary somehow. Black people die from well, drugs. It's just, like, goddamn. That's a that systemic thing. Yeah. Though, we I like, mean, you got to get rid of it, right? Yeah. I mean,
1: everybody's taught through our societies that some things are more important than others and and you know, in our society especially, uh, I'm, and we're learning about this now, yeah, I yeah. mean it's 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 uh, you know, black folks are have been less than yeah on on multiple capacities yeah. and and you can break this down also. Men versus women and you yeah. know white versus black versus yeah. whatever color you can yeah. break all this stuff down, but you know it's all also i mean the, the day as trivial as it could be once we yeah. realize that we're all in the same. same on the same floating blue dot yeah you no, know
0: I, I and i I love that you're that like you you kind of like brought it outwards because I, I I'm like focusing on like how it's specifically fucked up in the music world, but it, it's fucked up there because it's just fucked up everywhere. Yeah. yeah and
1: and more fucked up in America because I mean music is not not really subsidized if you go mm. to any of the european nations especially mm-hmm. music is subsidized yeah. they're yeah. not tripping yeah they're, i mean they're <laughs> they're going to be funded by the government they're not yeah. thinking less of, to bring this full circle to an earlier topic they're not going to be thinking questioning their artistry are yeah. they not good enough i even went through that myself i went from playing eight shows a week right working seven days a week i taught on my one free day off yeah you know, had a lot of my time booked up to zero work yeah. <laughs> immediately, yeah, because of COVID. Uh, all happening on the same day, which triggered a great depression in my life. But, yeah. um, and it got me thinking about how, just how vulnerable one really is. Yeah. I mean, you could be. You know, I'm not saying I was at the top of my game or whatever, but you could be at the top of your game, what you think your game is at that time, and be feeling good, and then everything just stopped. yeah, and um, once you hit that wall, it's like, oh, now your thoughts catch up,,
2: Boop, yeah,
1: right yeah. <laughs> and uh you violently catch up, and uh and then you start to think about all those things that you didn't, yeah, they I guess you're taking for granted, I don't know i once you're in that habit, you know, now I'm just kind of thinking of in retrospect, um, once you're in that habit and you're just doing the thing Yeah. and you're living
0: your yeah. dream, right? You're absolutely right. I mean, the faster you were going before the pandemic, I mean, the harder the crash was, man. I mean, I, I, I know, especially artists that were, uh, I'm going to Chile on Tuesday and then I got to like really quickly go to Tokyo and then come back to Chile and then now I get to go back to my base in like Michigan. It's like, and then, like for all of that, and of course, there's a grind to that. But like, for for it to stop, like like the, that's the thing about habits. Whether or not you're doing something that you want to do or not, if it's a habit, when you stop it, there's going to be like a recalibration that your mind and body right, has to have. True. And um, you know that's why like prisoners when they're like. Time their term is up, they're not like running out of the fucking thing, like gleefully (laughs) skipping. They're like, fuck, it's been a long time. There's fucking iPhones now. What do I do now? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, 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 (laughs) what? Like, someone was like, 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 you know, it's like, like people taking, dude, there's people that were released today that like are gonna take their first selfie ever. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, like, whatever, right? (laughs) So, like, whatever, like, um, habits are strong as fuck. You're absolutely right. I, I know. I mean, this is this is weird. I'm obviously not qualified to, to say this, but like, it's it's a weird way. And like, if you were like depressed before the pandemic. <laughs> you may have been better off than the person that was like going really hard really fast, and then that person just came to a screeching halt like you that person the press person may have handled the pandemic better sure. than the person who' was just like <sighs> I did not it was not good for me yeah no dude, <laughs> fucking eight shows a week you know? and it's not even just it's not even just the shows like it's 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 eight times that you're meeting new people you're doing new stuff, you're fucking whatever like there's so much involved in that and then for all that interaction all that work not just work interaction to then go to zero it's like fuck i can't imagine because i was not not that busy <laughs> before covid so i cannot imagine yeah no it was, it was uh it was real very Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Well, what were you, I'm always, um, um, it's funny. People, people ask like people like, what's your sign to like, get to like, know the person better? My new fucking, my, well, no, that was never my old question. I didn't know. Fuck that shit. But like, I I was like, my, my question though, was like, to like, know who I'm like fucking with. I asked people like, what did you think Mm -hmm. COVID was? And how long did you think it was going to last? Because like, I'll meet people who genuinely thought it was going to be two weeks, and I'll meet people who are like, no, mm. like, nah, dude, like, of course it wasn't going to be two weeks. So where were you at? Oh, mm. well, dazed
1: and confused. So we had just finished a show. It was March, uh, March 8th, right? And uh, March 11th, I believe, we got the call. And uh, yeah. we were on stage for this particular one, It was Escape to Margaritaville, and so, Uh, what's his name uh uh jimmy buffett right yeah it's exactly what you would think it would be so we were on stage for this one though and wearing hawaiian shirts and whatever and playing all these you know it's kind of screaming solos and whatever and uh and interacting with the cast so a couple days later uh the cast is leaving somebody comes out with covid now we don't know anything about COVID. We're, I'm watching the news and whatever, and you know how what was going on. They were trying to, oh, it's going to be fine. It's just yeah. uh, uh, Italy. And, and, you know, we cut off the, you know, there was all this big talk about, oh, we're cool. And you know what? As far as weird as our systemic society can be... For as weird as it could be, uh, it can also... I mean, we have the technology. We have the funds. I mean, you know, this is the thing this empire (laughs) talks about. I mean, so we should be good. I mean, they know something's going on. So it wasn't that uh, big of a deal at the time, especially with the rhetoric that was coming out on all the news channels. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, so then March 11th rolls around. We get the call. We're supposed to now... Quarantine because somebody in the cast came down mm-hmm. with COVID. The musicians get mm-hmm. this call and it's like, okay. And at the time, it was like ten days or something. And then, and then we went into lockdown. Then California came out and said we're doing this. And yeah. then this, this, this. And it's yeah. like, oh well, shit. We're in the middle of something now. Yeah. Like yeah. something's really going down. And then, oh, lockdown. Like, yeah. I gotta stay at home, man. Yeah. You know? there's yellow tape on my bike path. Yeah. I live on the street where the bike path starts. And there's yellow police tape on the shit it's like uh, this it's a crime scene now yeah, like, for the <laughs> I'm like
0: okay you that's know? first i i didn't see that anywhere. no but they did,
1: like... they did that on the beach trails they oh, did that in all the public yeah. parks gotcha cuz you couldn't go they gotcha. they they were real serious yeah. about this they even dug up some of the uh, at the beach and mm. and, uh, and would uh, put sand on the sidewalks and the trails and stuff damn like put you know and then yeah. and then filled up the skate parks
0: Oh, that's Ruthless. It was bullshit. Yeah. I mean it
1: was complete like you can't even go outside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's that kind of itis. Yeah, like,
0: Dude, when it when it <laughs> when it first you know? um oh uh, god, I'm sure if there's cuz I'm sure there's like certain episodes where like people are like, "Oh, I like those topics." So I'm going to like listen to those and like for anyway, if there's anyone that's like actually listen all of them. I know you are tired as fuck of me telling like my covid like realization story. Oh. But like anyway, long story short, man. I, I, cause I'm like kind of naturally like a paranoid like the world's gonna end at some point person. So like I was like fucking ready for this man. I remember like the, my. <laughs> first you got your go bag ready. Yeah, dude. Like my first ever like interaction with the existence of COVID was sometime like mid January. Um, was just seeing like one of the doctors in China, just like <clears throat> trying to express how serious it was, and I was like, okay because either this is a real video or this is like a really great marketing thing for like a trailer for like a scary movie about to come yeah. out cuz like you don't know i mean you can't take what you're seeing on the internet for face value like no context here's this video of someone that looks like a doctor i can't verify that they you're are right you know what there's i mean and, all sorts of kind of yeah, information yeah
1: also there's containment protocol yeah but
0: but there was there was i was like either this person is like the next fucking al pacino or because like the actual the actual concern and fear in this doctor's face, I was like, "This is really really good." Either this person is an amazing actor, or like we have a problem on our hands. So then, like I saw a video, weeks passed by. I was like, well, "Whatever." Like it sounds like there's a problem in China or whatever. And then like like uh, of course like all great ideas uh, start. I go on Reddit and um, I just I'm surfing through Reddit. And because everyone, I don't know, people always find out shit there a little bit earlier before other people. And um, no, it, I just realized like, okay, this, this story is like not going away. There's like truth to what this doctor is saying. There's things locking up in China. There were satellites that were showing like thousands of people that usually would go in these factories and start working. The satellites showed that like no one walked into these factories in the past couple weeks. This has got to be serious. Then I put two and two together and I was like, well... A virus that can affect infect one human can infect all humans. So what is it? What's stopping it from like? Uh, but then then we get to late February, and like, what was that movie in the nineties? Outbreak. Yeah, like, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. So you know, it's it, so it's still a thing. Like, you I was gotta like, catch like, the little monkey. Like, yeah, that. dude. <laughs> I'm like, I go like, okay, whatever. I'm still not like totally, totally convinced. I ignore it for another couple weeks, get to late February. And I randomly come across a headline. And this was like, it was weird because it was a true story. But like, this was not ABC or NBC. This was like some no name fucking newspaper that was like reporting that earlier that day, the Olympics committee, Tokyo Olympics committee met and concluded they would probably not be doing the the 2020 olympics right and, and and i'm like wait no major network is reporting this it's true and they're canceling something that's happening four or five months from now oh no nah, this is real this right. is real because you're not just canceling something that's billions of dollars and in time invested on a whim no doubt you know what i mean so well that was tokyo though right? yeah but Then going into right, right exactly, but but then I was like, then going into it March 11th. That's when like everyone knew, unless like you were Jared Leto, who apparently was at a two week uh, vacation where there were no electronics. So when he came back, the world was locked. Down. Basically shut down. Yeah, yeah. people yeah. trying to
1: get back and stuck in different countries for a second. And yeah, you
0: know, yeah, there was a little bit of that. Um, oh, and uh, just to just to conclude this, but, like my last thing was that even if you didn't even all that bullshit that like where there were clues that like this was going to be a fucked up thing i think for me like like it's weird i feel like there should be a term or something for this where it's like the law of like seriousness or something in that like what could be so serious that the whole world has to lock down but they only have to lock down for 10 days that was the thing for me where it's just like, nah, like that breaks the law of like if it is serious enough for the whole <laughs> world to lock down, it of can't logic be, and reason. It just can't be a fucking <laughs> there's no way that the problem could be a 10-day problem because it's right. like, well, an asteroid impact that's like a it's like a 2-minute event. Like so it, it, we're not it's not like we're <laughs> you know, so it's like what what how how could this thing be so dangerous that the whole world needs to lock down? But it's only ten days. So I was like immediately March eleventh. I was like, nah, this is year minimum.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I uh, after the shock of it all, mm-hmm. right? Um, I thought I, I was optimistic. I thought it was going to be about six months. Again, containment protocol, first world country, all this yeah. garbage, right? That everybody keeps spouting that doesn't turn out to be true yeah right um so no yeah it was uh, and at that time too you couldn't believe anything that was on the news and of course and everybody's just trying to figure it out and whatever and then being a socal i mean i was still in shock man but i, I thought it was going to be six months and then um uh, a few months later i think it was three we were supposed to check back this was uh, about july Mm-hmm. right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So the whole time I'm just like I'm trying to get back to what I was doing mm-hmm. a few minutes ago mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was nice yeah. can't we... And I don't
0: blame you too you know? either by the way I like in, in that like why anyone here or like New York or any of like the big cities because I was in Baltimore at the time so it's a lot like I mean Baltimore is like kind of on one big melatonin pill anyway sometimes <laughs> but like, sure. but, like to, to, I totally understand how unbelievable it would be to see a place like this coming to a screeching halt it like like I I feel like it would be much harder to see that than like my perspective from Baltimore well you know uh,
1: the thing about it, especially coming from the freelance thing um, we were the first ones to go mm. right This didn't affect everybody the same. I mean, there were essential people, non-essential people. We were deemed non-essential immediately, right? Right. All of our venues shut down immediately. There was no discussion... There was no yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. All public venues, right? Yeah, totally random, too. And, uh, I mean, everybody was figuring out. There was no rhyme or reason to some things. Mm-hmm. And even as we're still coming back, there isn't much rhyme or reason yeah. to a lot of things. They never shut down public transit. Yeah,
0: and they just mandated masks again.
1: Yeah, we're going back into it, which scares the holy shit out of me because I have not been back to that venue that I was talking about, Planet Show's week, yeah. since
0: March... Eleven or 8th, rather. We talked about basically everything that there is to talk about <laughs> on planet Earth. Except you know, music. No. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, applaud to us to going like two hours and not bringing up COVID till then. It's fucking rare in a sure. conversation these days. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. there's just like other shit. There's, it's hard to remember there's other shit other than COVID. Yeah. But anyway, man, more importantly, man, you, you brought this... Oh, this looks so! Can I touch it? Yeah, well, of course, pristine I, I mean, music to people. This were,
1: is all for you to get a yeah a glimpse of uh you know what kind of stuff I put out for the compositions and yeah. uh you know just to share a little bit of a story of of how it got into that. So I have my yeah. uh, you know a small publishing company uh, called Trumpet Smith Publishing that uh, is a little boutique company puts out my composition works and uh used to even put out uh, arrangements for uh, like a small ensemble depending on uh, what the job was. But uh, now it, it uh, I primarily focus on chamber music, brass chamber music. And, um, you know, just stuff that's cool, um, that I think is cool, and also that will push the boundaries of what our instruments are supposed to, that's an air quote, supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, so like for instance, this this Titan's call here, uh, the Instruments, which I'm an uh, artist for, uh, asked me to write it for their new four-valve line of instruments. Oh, shit. And uh, so this was a commission, and they uh, uh, got, uh, Pacho Flores, one of the greatest soloists in the world, to come and and record too. And, and this was, uh, the instruments are called Titan, Titan trumpets, right? So this was just a call to bring that in. But, um, you know, it's, uh, this thing got me interested in writing for trumpet ensembles. So that's what you see with this. This hasn't been done yet, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it, it will with some very special people. Yeah, the Tchaikovsky Six Last Movement. And this is all the notes that he wrote. Oh in this piece wow. so i'm not skimping on the create uh you know the arrangement and and trying to change it to match what our instruments do yeah. it's usually for the, i i want to expand what our instruments Absolutely. do to get to the music right yeah and so the last thing and this is one of the videos that i sent you this is maurice, uh maurice Ravel uh for nine trumpets um mm. right and uh, i got a bunch of studio guys here handed out these at work you know um some of the guys you know and uh and 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 girls and um you know it was was fantastic that you know look it's the one thing about covid it's like it got people to branch out in ways that they wouldn't normally yeah so i i got what nine players including myself Mm -hmm. i played the bass flugel parts Mm -hmm. uh the cello parts on flugelhorn along with my buddy javier uh, on a four-valve flugel, I'm really all about these four valves and expanding our range, uh, high and low, all yeah. over, balance, you know. And, um, you know, again, this is uh, the majority of notes outside of the super high, you know, harmonics or whatever uh, on the violin that he wrote. And it's in the original key, and it's a full movement, yeah. right? Yeah. So there's no skimping on this and wow. uh so these people came together i got barry perkins from pacific symphony uh jim thompson my old teacher who uh, kind of popped in last He just wanted to do something, and I happened to have this spot available at this particular time, and Facebook is there, and they lined up, and I was like, oh, okay, I got you, (laughs) man. And then, uh, so I put him on the melody, right, and then Marisa Benedict uh, on an E-flat part who's up in Minnesota now, but she's a studio musician Mm -hmm. uh, down here. Uh, John Lewis and Rob Scher, who were the first that... uh, uh, Guy said I got on this recording. Uh, just gave him a score at work, right? I think we were doing Ghostbusters that week, and okay. so they volunteered their services. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna call your bluff, man. Yeah. You know, so I'm saying, like, okay, <laughs> all right, yeah, you, you want to record? You want oh, for real? Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna get you. And so, <laughs> but they, you know, they did. They stuck it out. And then uh, uh, Dan Rosenboom was also another studio cat, teaches at UCLA as well. Uh, in the jazz department, and, uh, uh, Jim Wilt, who stepped in, who's, uh, wow. associate L.A. Phil. Yeah. Right? Also an Eastman graduate from, you know, that Went Marcellus CDs on that. That's an incredible album. He's, he's in the middle of something. And, uh, myself and, and Javier. And so they just came together for free. Yeah. Dude, that's fucking <laughs> awesome. And we have a great video. You should check it out. Yeah. Um. And this is not easy.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're familiar with the work. Yeah, no, dude, what I, what I was going to say uh, about, uh, like, this, like, usually, um, you know, to, especially if there's brass players listening to this, like, a lot of times, uh, you know, really well-known pieces and songs and stuff that are arranged for us, like, they're arranged in a way where it's where it's like, let's make it real nice and easy for, like, the, the brass player And unfortunately, in a lot of ways where it might be unrecognizable to the listener, where it's just like, I know what you're playing doesn't really go that way. You know, it doesn't, you know, and the fact, I think the fact that you are making stuff that's like really true to like, you know, what the music actually is. And you're, you're asking the player to step up. That's fucking great. I love that.
1: Right. Or just get players that are already stepping up. Yeah. (laughs) 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 But, uh, you know, that's what it's about. And this is the, no one has seen this yet right uh yeah. the, the new commission for Jim self cool. which uh, we can listen to after this is over yeah. but i'm really happy with how this came out um oh. and the cool title i had to get a new font for this <laughs> yeah, yeah nice. that's a special font i had to yeah. you know and, uh, you know, just as this, this little printing music in general and arranging and, and writing, you know, has been such a gift to be able to do. And um, the type of creativity that comes from this alone outside of playing, playing is its own thing. And I've been yeah. across the board, right? We, right? we didn't talk about any of that, but uh, that's OK. You can look me up, too. It's all listed neatly, Yeah. you know, but um This is is a different experience, you know, to be able to even, like, I'm looking forward to going to USC and and hearing this piece played by Jim's students, and he already told me he loves this piece, and it has legs. I, you know, I gave him a demo that Mm -hmm. you'll hear. It sounds very realistic, because we have these virtual instruments that are great these days and a nightmare in other ways but uh <laughs> hashtag broadway but um <laughs> and sync music too yeah um you know but uh, it allows him to hear it so he he already said this is this is going to do great and um i should arrange it for the the uh, traditional you know to euphonium High low situation mm-hmm. instead of the the bass tuba as well, which is specifically for his group. They don't have euphonium. U-
0: Did you study with Jim? Uh, no, no, I didn't. Um, I just uh, uh, I had a lesson with him. But dude, yeah, he's the best. It's fucking awesome. Unlike any other lesson I ever had, too. By the way, yeah, yeah, he was just like, yo, just start playing, just start make something up that doesn't exist. And I was just like, oh,
1: yeah, he's a special cat, man. Yeah, I, I love mean, that. He, and he he loves ears and and you know, hearing what you're playing, not just, you know, inter- reading the note. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah man. A B and you know, but um and uh you know, matter of fact, I don't even know if he knew I played trumpet before when we got in touch. Uh that's hilarious. It was like three different groups <sighs> yeah. at USC yeah. played wow. uh this piece and uh it's called episode two. Uh for brass Quintet, and it's it's epic, man. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, it's some good stuff in there, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it, it did well. And and these two, and so two, I, it's either two of the groups were his or two of them were Tom. It's like between Tom Hooten and him uh, coaching these groups. But anyway, he heard the piece and then. Uh, invited me to his house to hear it uh, in in a recital cuz you know he likes yeah. to present music he does yeah. a lot of stuff with the community and it's dude, really great.
0: Jim could invite me to his fucking house to fucking like I don't even know like walk the fucking dog dude his house is amazing. <laughs> oh yeah. It's a fucking great place. With a great room up yeah, top the studio. Yeah. Yeah or it's like a beautiful it's, place. Not even just like like that like the house itself is awesome but like, oh, and the nature around it too. Oh like, yeah okay. Yeah, it's fucking great, man. Uh, No doubt. And
1: real estate too at the time, man. Yeah.
0: Dude, no, he said in the the podcast. Double, triple his money, man. Way more, dude. He he said this in the podcast. It was like fine to say in in his episode, but like, yeah, he got it for 46 grand. What? (laughs) It's fucking amazing. Oh, man. Fucking amazing. Yeah, I'm not even going to. That's great. Dude, you can't even get a fucking.
1: uh, Like, yeah. That's not even a down payment <laughs> these dude, days. Yeah, it's like, he's he's there's a house on the street that I sold for a million. Yeah, you know, for no, me, dude,
0: he's that's gonna be like a forty thousand percent return. Yeah, I, yeah, it's,
1: it's gonna be epic. Good for him. Yeah, bro. no, no, dude, that I makes mean, a lot of sense now. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, he has dude. some extra cash to burn. This is why bro. I don't.
0: This is why I don't laugh at old people, man. Old people laugh at fucking us because we're buying everything, taxed times taxed times. Like like dude like oh yeah Oof. That's yeah. that
1: baby boomer conversation too, right? Yeah, it's a whole <laughs> yeah, different dude. society now. But no. that's that's how he that's how he got in touch. Um, so he invited me out to say a few words on the piece yeah, and dude. liked what he heard, and then he asked me to start writing some Christmas tunes for him. And I, I did three uh, a few years ago, a couple years. But COVID's messed me up. I don't, for real, like, I don't know what year it is now, but uh, a couple of years ago, maybe or you know. Yeah. And um, and then they went well and yeah. and then he nice. was like i need four more and then COVID happened so that, that was a uh, 2019 then 2020 happened and now we're gonna i've got those four in the queue for this year but he also um since they we're coming back was like i want an original and uh yeah you know however he said it was very just a few words yeah. very as a matter of fact and uh Here's when I need it by and we negotiated what yeah. the rate would be. So now I mean I have you know, just with him I get to negotiate, you know, rates as a composer and stuff too, you know. Um so that's that's pretty cool. Uh I guess he wasn't the first, but it's just like, you know, uh I get to set it's like any uh business, you set an evaluation, right? And what mm-hmm. you get paid. That's outside of grant money. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And at least union rate too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, That fine line. Yeah. Respect your union, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was just through just through hearing it, and um, you know, general excitement for the piece already, and then he, he. he supported it and continues to support yeah. and already said he, he loves this one. So this, uh, I'm not going to say the name of it yet, but, uh, <laughs> cause he's going to present it, right? Yeah. It, he paid for it. So, um, you know, but he's, he's already super excited and that makes me excited about it as well. Uh-huh. You know? So yeah, this is just, I just brought, you know, uh, whatever was on, in my inventory just to show kind of how this, it stacks up and, like you know, it's been a little bit over time that now it's turning into. I mean, it's a stack of music, right? And uh, we're just getting started. Just uh, oh yeah, man. You know, so it's it's been really great. Um, and just you know, quickly, you know, that that's been the whole nature of. I think my career too uh, has been about self defining mm-hmm. and not. You know, uh, this is where all that stuff we talked about comes in handy, right? Because it gives a true context to the type of things that that we do, you know. And this, this music is taken off on its own because of its own merit and the context within the pages. Wow, right.
2: yeah.
1: And the, yeah. the intent of, of which it was created. And um, and so that's the spirit, I believe, in, in that. And the music continues. And then folks like Jim find value in it. Not just Jim, the kids before him. Mm-hmm. At, and these things link together. And... Um, same thing with playing the trumpet, you know, it's not you're not a jazz player, you're not an orchestral player. I was classically trained and went to conservatory and whatever. And yeah.
2: uh you
1: play the horn. Play the horn, you yeah. know. Played on all types of T V shows and including like Dancing with the Stars, subbed yeah. over there for four seasons yeah. and played in all all the orchestras in town in Los yeah. Angeles and Santa Barbara, San yeah. Diego and Tucson, you know, surrounding areas and whatever. And um you know, do studio work, film, move, yeah. uh, uh, streaming now. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> you know, new media, however, you yeah, know, whatever you want to call it. So, so, and 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 now the primary thing uh, being the musicals. So you can really define what it is that you want to do, as long as you uh, get to the heart of why you're doing it and be disciplined about how you're doing it. Yeah, um, and the rest is just be cool, show up early and now you part every time yeah you know because we don't we don't get to that second chance over here we may get a second take but we don't get a second chance <laughs> yeah <so. laughs>
0: oh fuck now i know what i want to be when i grow up um dude this is all amazing like like you're 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 doing you know like you're 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 writing kick-ass music obviously you're a fucking beast of a player you have to be and and i mean it, it's yeah, this is this is all great. And to people listening too, like I, I'm I'm gonna post uh, uh, links and stuff like that, like where you can check out the music, uh, where you can get parts. Because um, you know that's why I asked you like earlier. I was like, can I touch it? Because it just looks so oh, fucking yeah. pristine and nice. And that is fresh off the press. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. yeah, I that, can. That is a
1: brand new part I was you're like, touching. Shit, can I touch this? I was actually gonna send this particular yeah. copy to Carol Young, Uh Wow. Who uh, I just did a podcast for her uh, last week. Nice. She's an old classmate at yeah. Interlocking, actually. Interlocking yeah. Arts Academy. We, yeah. We were there together, so it was nice to reconnect with her. Yeah. And,
0: I'm working on on uh, getting her on the um, uh, podcast. I've always wanted to just oh, like. Oh, well, I'm her sure brain. I'm sure
1: it'll be easy. Yeah. 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 We can send
0: her a text right
1: now from here if you want. But oh,
0: dude, <laughs> fuck yeah! i yo. it's will send her a picture. It's fine. We'll do it. Dude, this uh, is yeah. this is weird because like. I guess like we're not really celebrities, but she she was like I in my head she was like a celebrity for like a while like like for the after risk, winning the job no dude for the risk at twenty one yeah no like yeah. like after that like because it's it's hard to not sound creepy like a stalker when I said she was the fucking background to my iPhone <laughs> like for <laughs> that's, like that's not creepy for like though two that's years. inspirational no, but because it, it's weird because like we all actually like know each other so there's not the, it's not like in other like things where it's like oh Leonardo DiCaprio like you're all the way up here and I'm here like we're all like very right even if you know one is like much better than the other, whatever but so like I was like but like I was like yo this kid she has like that story like she immediately after out of school she like gets the big job, jobs like yo like this chick is amazing like what the fuck um anyway shout out to Carol yeah shout uh, out for sure yeah I mean,
1: she's always been great you know and, and fantastic at what she does and sound sounded great and It was really nice to reconnect, and uh, I think I got put on the hook to write a sonata for her. So, oh, dude, yeah. Yeah, So that's coming up too. That's gonna be super real because you know. All right, so I don't know how much of this I'm supposed to talk about, but if I don't know, I'll ask her. We can edit some of this out, maybe. But when Marcellus wrote her, is writing her a piece that they're going to uh, premiere in Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. coming up sometime soon yeah
0: uh, oh yeah i think i think she was talking about this like on social media um oh good well (laughs) maybe it's maybe it's another thing she's doing with women. but she no no it's it would be this okay yeah no i i knew about that um uh, on yeah so hopefully it's this thing maybe they maybe they were i mean i think they announced it you know before COVID or something and then
1: everything got pushed back and Mm -hmm. uh I'm, i'm not sure what the state of it but after this recent talk, it's like, yeah, we're going to do it. You know, the funding has already happened. And
2: yeah.
1: he's writing it. And wow. we've been in contact. I'm like, damn, you're, yeah. you're texting went, man. Yeah, I dude. mean, tell him I say what's up. Hey. Well, ha- dude, <laughs> you have know?
0: fun writing that for her. Because, like, literally, yeah. you can write just knowing, like, whatever the fuck you write, she can play.
1: Yeah. But, <laughs> like. Okay. I mean, that's true, right?
0: Um, but, you know, it's
1: more about what she likes to play and what she wants to play. I like that. I really respect. Wow. You know. Yeah, that's cool. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah. I mean, you know. Well, I mean?
0: See, that's cool though because because you're a player, you're you're sensitive. Like you know both as a composer and a player like what each other might be looking for in a situation like this. So that that's cool because maybe like someone who's just a composer like really does not give a fuck. It's like, "You either play this or not." Like Oh my
1: goodness. I <laughs> have been in that situation. Yeah where the composer actually does not yeah. give a fuck about anything or you
0: yeah <laughs> yeah oh yeah, yeah. Just, just go up there man just do that just do that thing
1: oh man i, I have played some ridiculous shit in my life i also play i have played new music and yeah played, uh, the green umbrella series yeah. and my, my name concerts and all this stuff right <laughs> yeah. and uh oh, with a lot of patience and um Okay, I got. I got to throw a little bit shade. There, there's this <laughs> one thing, man. I, I mean, this is not the only story, but this was one that I actually had to talk to somebody. Yeah. Either, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I took a picture, put it on social media. I didn't. I didn't give a shit. I was like, look, somebody's gonna learn from this, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I might even pull up that picture, but it was this contemporary thing, very minimalist. Uh, and it was meant to be more about the energy of, of the performers I suppose mm. and the lack of sound and this and mm. uh, dispersion <laughs> of such right yeah. so uh, it came up uh, it's very quiet a lot of mutes and things and yeah. then naturally and uh, and it's a chamber music thing right so string quartet and maybe two brass three brass and um, a, xylophone, you know, percussion, small finger percussion things. And a lot of rustling, oh, I bet. rustling of papers like as written notation and, you know, very yeah, exactly. The harmonics that are sustained and pianissimo but high. And then the trumpet comes in on the top line, of B flat or written C. I was playing a C trumpet anyway. And uh for 62 measures, I believe that it was. Mm.
0: And I'm sure there's a reason behind that 62, some deep meaning.
1: So, <laughs> along the way, there was these little comp- pop-up boxes, you know, giving you thoughts. Yeah. Right? And with random words, annoyance here or something. And one of them just pissed me off so hard. Now, we're we're in the music center. We're over there. Yeah. We're at LA Opera. Yeah. Uh, You know, or a Dorothy Chandler (laughs) Pavilion, right? This is a real time,
0: yeah, gig, right? Yeah, yeah. So you
1: can't just like fuck off, but you're also like, what the fuck is this, man? Like, and you're also, I mean, I I, I was thinking about it from a practical sense. We're reading these things for new composer, new music, and and getting stuff commissioned. But now this is a safety issue. You want me to (laughs) add. You know, quarter note equals sixty-two or whatever. Plays sixty bars of uh, tied together. Oh, I'm gonna find this picture, bro. But <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not making yeah. this up. You got to see this for yourself. But of this note at pianissimo tied together for this long, which isn't possible. Yeah. yeah, we're a wind instrument.
0: Yeah,
1: and. um so I, I did this thing. I don't know how it came out, you know, how I pulled it off. And, yeah. I, and I, I actually went through the dilemma though while I was sitting there. I, I have three options. I can either do my best and if if I do it, then they're going to think this is possible. It's not possible.
0: Yeah. Okay. Wow.
1: Two, I can just tell them it's not possible but then I may not work again. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a non-tenured freelance player in Los Angeles and this is what you also, also yeah. always have to keep in mind when you're here. Yeah. Uh, we, we're not you know, tenured of New York Philharmonic or whatever, you know. It's like, I can be replaced right now if I say no or somebody doesn't like the color of my shirt even or whatever, you know, just because on a whim. So, and then the other thing is just refuse because it's, and then it's definitely you're out, right? So it was a mixture of one and two. I decided to give it my best and, uh, you know, without fumbling as much. I can only do it. Well, really, the one time they made me do it three, I did it twice good. And third time was like, I'm going to write a letter to somebody, you know. (laughs) And um, I ended up circular breathing. And I I used to practice a lot of when you're doing a bunch of everything, you practice all this what seems like random non-useful shit. until It becomes useful somehow.
2: Yeah.
1: And this was one of those times where it was like, oh, so, you know, I'm circular breathing on the top staff here at Super Pianissimo. I used, uh, and I used to practice a lot of long tones yeah. too, <laughs> right? And so they saw that it was possible and it got programmed. Yeah. Um, but I ended up letting them know I stood up <laughs> after writing on the comment card yeah. and, and uh, talking to um, one of the producers of this event, uh, of this reading or whatever that this is a safety issue, and especially if this is uh, on a, you know, a program of multiple pieces, it's probably not going to happen the way they think, and you have to think about the context of people, right? So, I think about the context of people, long story short, right? Uh, is, Is that that was one of those lessons because of the torture (laughs) from it that you have to think about the context of the people playing it, Mm -hmm. how they feel doing it. Uh, This is, this is a team effort. um, And uh, I mean, we're writing for the team and for the betterment, you know, and you also want to come from a place like this person had no idea that the trumpet didn't need to breathe. Yeah. Why are we honoring ignorance? Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: I mean, that's, I, I don't In some cases. No, no, you're right. I was, I'm, I'm pigmenting <laughs> off of what you're saying. I, f- I feel like, I feel like writing for an instrument and not knowing exactly what they're capable of doing, it's like writing a book for like, and not really sure if like, the people that are going to read it can speak the fucking language. Like, why would you do that?
1: I don't. Yeah. Something that just came to me. Yeah. A cookbook, but you never tasted
0: your ingredients. <laughs> perfect. Fucking perfect. And also, composers, if you write your music on psychedelic drugs, the audience has to be on psychedelic drugs, too, <laughs> to fucking get it. That's just my opinion. Um, that counts, too. Yeah, no, dude, because it's like, I don't know. I, I wonder. I'm like, man, does a lot of this shit just come from, like, a place where, like, You were on some crazy trip, and, like, so this really resonates with you, and, like, maybe we would all get it, too, if we got to, like, be on this or be on that. It's like, damn, but, like, fuck, like, a glass of wine is not going to do the trick for that one, man.
1: You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Or some people are just too cerebral with it or too academic. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you know, composition can go many different places, right? Um, I tend to stay in the... Uh, in the idea of pitch and rhythm, yeah, and uh, those things are very important to me um, in terms of telling a story and it, most of my music sounds through compose, so yeah. um, it 's not broken up or too angular or, or unapproachable by mm-hmm. people that would play it and, or even the listener, like mm-hmm. you can leave and hum the tune uh, and um, you know and I, I find a lot of uh, comfort in that these yeah. days you know
0: yeah no and i did i i, I love that because i for some reason i feel like it's like hard for at least some composers i i know to admit that like there is a part of you that has to write for people um i know it's like really cool to be like man like whatever the fuck i come up with you're just gonna have to like eat it or whatever but it's like it, it's incredibly pretentious and very first of all No other industry in the world can you serve a product and tell a person to fucking deal with it. Right. There's literally nothing else in the world like that, except for, like, the government. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, yo, like, I'm not going to, like, yeah, dude, exactly right. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to make terrible fucking shoes or terrible shirt and be like, yo, fucking wear it. And like right. expect people to buy, expect people to enjoy. It. It's like so. I I love that. Like because I'm sure you know maybe it's a small percentage or whatever to the degree. But it's like yo, like yeah, make what's inside your heart, make whatever. But like it in a technical sense, it is a product. It is something you are serving right. to others. So there's a th- – yeah, it's
1: gotta be good. I mean, and yes. you know that's the thing. And and that's the same thing with a, a freelance player, yeah, a musician. You gotta. Do all the right stuff. Yeah. Well, you're not going to
2: get the call back. Right? Yeah. yeah.
1: And, yeah. and that happens every day. Yeah. And I, I would say the same thing about music. You know, I think music has a longevity because it's good, yeah. you know? And the, the stuff that's not is because it got funded in a very
0: privileged way. Boom. Um, someone's fucking somebody. Which, it's or, there. It's, like, no, it's there, maybe. right? But, yeah, well, no. Nah. You know, especially it, in the high society. Yeah, years, yeah. It. it's like somebody's someone's, like, nephew. Someone is this. Someone's whatever. It, 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 but, but it doesn't... It might have gotten you there, but in terms of the art that lasts, you're absolutely right. It can't be sustained by, like, some political thing like it's got to be real people actually have to like in, in our era it's very clear it's not just like a record sitting in a shelf somewhere collecting dust like someone streams something someone that you know someone is listening to your shit right right now right you know so it's like in our era it's even way more obvious if people really like your content or not uh you right know? so um you can buy 50 million albums and never play it can't do that in the streaming world. Like, so people are gonna tell you the fucking truth, like they're even listening or not. Right. Um. Anyway, man, dude, you're fucking awesome. You're 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 credible musician, credible person. Like, I've known you for what two and a half hours. But I can. Already, I guess I can, so. Yeah. What a, time is it? No, there's a there's a vibe. There's a vibe where you can just you can just tell that the person you're you know you're speaking to is just like. I like that. I like the the balance that you have of like. Taking it easy, but also taking what you do very fucking seriously. Love it. It's great. I like it. It's like your energy.
1: It's, it's, a, it's a balance right there, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, I hope to bring that back to concert. Yes, yeah, sir. Too,
0: yeah, know, and you will, dude. You will, man. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, so to people listening, man, this is Aaron Smith, the trumpet Wonder. <laughs> composition, fucking commander. I just I wanted to find something that like also had a C, you know. So love it. Anyway, guys, <laughs> thank you for tolerating me. Thank you, Aaron, as well for tolerating. Pleasure <laughs> to being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, this is a song called Life, and we are done. Peace. Thanks.